The We Love Hip Hop Podcast is proudly sponsored by the Borough Heads Glass Gallery, located at 600 Church Street in downtown Toronto. It's Toronto's premier contemporary functional glass art gallery and vaporizer shop, showcasing a huge selection of heady and scientific glasswork by Canadian and international artists. The laptop would have been here, but Friday's just on some. On no, some no, no, no. Laptops don't work. We're not doing a laptop no more. Laptop. Oh, okay. We're doing straight to the tablet. You know what I'm saying? That's how. That's how I'm running it right now. You know what I'm saying? Yo, next week I'll bring a tablet. Too. So I should bring one. Yeah. We are back. It's the world's most smoked out podcast. We are. Yeah. We love hip hop. Um, I'm your host with the most toast Friday, Ricky Dread, aka 4am Rider, aka the Bluetooth Assassin, huh? aka 100 Blunts to the Head, huh? and to the right of me, it's me, SSC underscore Hayherx underscore PK, you know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying, I'm a little high right now, that hey. rosin got me wavy, you know what I'm saying, but I am Smokey the Bear, I am Paul Bunyan, Chill. so Why? you know, <laughs> We're here, episode 32. <laughs> I'm fucking yeah, right <laughs> <laughs> I didn't give him the ad lib. Yo, no one chop more tree than me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No more chops more trees than Paul Bunyan. Huh? You know Yo, what I'm saying? Yeah, we're episode 32. And, and, and we got some. We got a, we got a gentleman that's sitting in front of us. Uh, I got... Introduce yourself, sir. We got Joe, open challenge, uh, Joey Gambino. Jo- uh, Joey V, a.k.a. <laughs> Joey Gambello, a.k.a. Oh, your motherfucking grandmother's favorite motherfucking grandson, a.k.a. your mama's best friend, a.k.a. Italian with a black dick. Shout out to the whole gang. You already know what it is. Mafia, sports smokers, beef mode. Fuck with me. Yo, this man can't open his mouth. Uh, he's I I I stand Sion. Oh man, like a stallion. <laughs> this guy is the Rocky Balboa of the rap game right now. You heard? Okay. And everyone hating it. I posted a little something today, and everyone hating it. I was like, Yo, I'm the best. If you feel some type of, you know, the champ, the champ of of said beast mode. You know, you the champ of the like the little league. Like, I'm the champ of Toronto, which means technically I run your shit too. Talk, you know what I'm saying? Talk that shit, nigga. Talk that shit. Tired of this, and they want to battle him. I don't want to battle any of you. You guys are peasants. To keep talking that shit until someone takes me off my pedestal. Right better than me. Maybe I'll battle This, this is the guy. Any this, of you, that's no disrespect. You know, this is the guy who's who openly challenged Papoose. Anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're not going to get into the whole Joey V rant Switch because, up. you know. No, nah, we got other things to cover too. How was your yeah. day? How was your day, guys? <laughs> actually, my day was pretty good. <laughs> my day was pretty good, actually. Yeah. How about yours, Friday? You know what? I work. I do my thing. I so, went to the gym. You know, I got these gains. I feel good today. Yeah, yeah the, 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 the day was the, the day was the day. You know what I mean? It's all about what's going on now. That's that's. I'm, I'm a guy of the moment. That's how I feel. You know what I'm saying? <coughs> but you know, um, before we get into any of this things that we're going to be dealing with today in the show, because we got some we got good guests coming in today. You know, it's a not an average. Yo, we got rappers coming in. Big up the Scrap Gang, though, who came through last week. We had a dope episode. Sick episode. You know, we, we got to talk about a lot of different things. Some things got a little controversial. We got some you know, interesting cool. 
content, mm. to say the least. Yeah, so the episode is called Sneaking on Instinct. So, <laughs> if, if you know what I'm, if you figure deal me. And uh, yeah, go check that out. That's up on SoundCloud, that's on iTunes, that's on Google Play. Look up We Love Hip Hop. That's the podcast of the fucking cinch. Huh? Oh, look oh, look for Taylor Swift, uh, Ho of the Century, too. That's a good episode. Yeah, Ho of the Century. <laughs> shout out. Shout out to Taylor Swift. Because she's a motherfucking slut cake. Hey, hey, hey. We won't get into that. Knows, eh? So let's 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 uh, get into. I like that one, Joey. Yeah, she's a little slut kick. I just, yeah, she's a little slut kick. I got some words, man. I got some words. I call mm. pussy stank purse or some shit. Stank purse. Oh man. Yo, I used to say. I'm gonna let you guys take it off. Hold on. Let's Yo, we want here. women. And, we want women on the show. No, so yeah, women, man. let's not turn this into the Joey misogynistic hour, okay? Because we apologize to all our female I, I feel listeners. Like every time Joey gets to go on a rant, we lose about five female viewers each time. Yeah, we apologize I love to our women. female. I'm in, I'm in a we always we love women. For three years, you know what I mean? Loyal the entire time. Like I'm, a, I'm a true man. I just be talking that shit. You know I love talking the ladies. Shit. Come on, so, man. look cute I am. Let's get it in. Um, Joey loves the ladies. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> Joey fine. loves the ladies. Give me a favor. You want to handle this live here shit for me? I want, to, I want the people from live to see what I'm going up in the building with all of us in here. You know what I'm saying? Okay, well. So, before we get into what we get into. I'm trying to actually, roll up you know, Before you even do that. <laughs> my I'm bad. trying to roll up blunt. <laughs> my bad. I'm trying Let's, to roll up blunt. What are you smoking on? That's Thank you. Thank you. Cause my I'm bad. Trying to, I'm trying to roll a blunt. I was prolonging the, the I'm trying to roll a blunt. Yes, yes. yes. So, so I'll go back to Today... This is weed from our spots, Toronto Organic. Yeah. So we have here, let me take a smell. If I'm right, this is what we would call the Star Killer. Star Killer. Star Killer. What's the Star Killer? Organic. Then, this is the Wounded Warrior. Oh shit! The wounded warrior. Where the fuck did these guys get these names? Man? I don't know. Maybe high while they be making but them. That's all right. I know is the wounded warrior is gas. Jesus. Yeah, I tried to get some of the Larry face. So Next you, episode. So you, you, you tried it already? It's, 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 it's killer. Yo, these two. Well, we've already had Star Killer on the show before. The same strand. But Star- this is a new grant. This is a new girl. I don't know what number this is. But all I know is it's Starkiller and Starkiller is fire. And this wounded warrior I'm like is mesmerized. fire. Jesus Christ. I'm just going to just break that in and smell that, Fred. Just crickle into that. Quish and squish into that then. Uh. If I brought that then, snap that to really get the full. I'm going to snap it so the mic can hear. Ooh! That's a nice one. <laughs> Jesus Murphy. Yes, sir. That's, That's all about that gas. And then we also have... Some live rosin homemade. that I made myself. You know what I'm saying? Homemade. It's only gonna get better, folks. It's only gonna get better. Cause when I press shit like this, the color is gonna be next to gold. Jeez. And this is three grams here. So Jeez. It's not bad. It's a little material inside, cause I didn't use no bags. Jeez. It's pretty good. It's fire. We hit two dabs. Had us both sweating like a motherfucker. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I'm still kind of sweating. And then I also have my shatter, pink candy, and the Obama. Again, let's 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 go back. It's a brick. A butter brick. The butter brick. The butter brick. I think the name is on the back here. A butter. Actually, I seen that recently. Yeah. At a a spot. They're like legal. They sell them downstairs at um Boarheads. That's because this is where actually I bought it from. Was looks all psychedelic and shit. Yeah, because you know. 
the silicone they mix up the colors you know and it's a lego block so if you have other blocks i have like four other blocks mm-hmm. that i can stack and you know stack all my different shatters but this one is the most for you know you want to go on the road there's about five grams of shatter right there chase no not five maybe three three and a half sorry not five selfie stick just went limp for a second pause <laughs> what so you yeah, smoking on fry? We're gonna roll this blunt of me, some salad up. Let me see what I got here. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, you still got, got still got some hash from last week. Wow. Hashish. And I still have some of that purple Urkel from purple, last week. Purple Urkel. Not to be mistaken with purple Urkel. No, not Stefan Urkel. <laughs> not Stefan Urkel. This is purple Urkel. Did I do that? <laughs> I, I have something purple. Deep space purple. Oh. oh, nice. Deep space purple. So contrast. This is purple Urkel. So he's kind of purple, and this is deep in the space of purple. That's so crazy. If you go inside, in color like, right there. Hold up for a second. If you go into one of these buds right here, fam. Yo, do the snap on the on the on the mic. Woo! All right, all right. We doing the snap test. This shit right here. This shit right here is purple as a motherfucker. All this right. is this is Instagram gold. For all these people who like to stunt with their buds on snap Instagram. Snap this one and see how it sounds. Yeah, do something like crazy. We're doing, we're doing um, snap test on, the, on the microphone here today. I don't really be posting that shit no more. It doesn't have as much of a snap. No. It's Let's see how it looks inside. But it looks lethal. Let's get some of that look inside too, you know, some of that color. For the people on live, for all the people on YouTube, it's big up for watching. And, 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 and you know what I get a lot of times? From people who watch the show it feels like i'm in the room with you guys enjoying the experience good we like that you know what i'm saying so that that's that's dope and, and big up to all the people who've been watching the show i think we should do something special for like our 50th episode or something do tell do tell maybe we should do like those people that say they feel like they're in the room maybe we should have them actually in the room ah and smoke with us we so Let's 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 get a poll going on for all our people on live that would be people, interested. Yeah, all the people who are going to be commenting on the YouTube videos and different things like that. Um, if you all want to do a live episode of the world's most smoked out podcast, um, let's do it, yo. I got the spot. We have a spot where we can smoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's here in the downtown area. Just let us know if you want it to happen. I will make it happen. It, the you place know, we're talking about, there is a cover charge, but we will handle that. Yeah, yeah we'll make sure that we'll make sure you get in. You know, and it's not a, and if there is a cover charge, it's gonna be less, less, next to nothing. No, no, like I said, we'll, we'll 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 cover you guys. Don't worry. You know, we'll make sure that because it's gonna be a milestone episode, we're gonna have a big guest. You know what I mean? Where the guests that we've been had have been dope so far. We've had a lot of people who've been accomplished a lot of things and a lot of up and coming stars. And the guests are just getting bigger too because as the show grows. The guest girl. Exactly. Right? So, by the time we get to episode, what, 50, you said? Yeah, we're, we're, we're trying for 50. I'd say 50. You guys are stacking up quite a resume right now, though. There's been a lot of interesting people you guys have already interviewed. What, what would you say is the most favorite interview you guys had so far? My favorite? Yeah. Wow. It's Which, hard to say. Or top three. You know what I mean? Top three. I'd have to put the... The Dank episode? Yes. Because mm-hmm. yeah, that, that was very... That was incredible. That was, Shout that out was, to that was a very deep episode. I yeah. like that one. I love that episode. R.I.P. J. Dilla. J- yes. And um, I like the rich kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That you was, know what I'm saying? I like the rich kid. Three. I like the rich kid. Shout out to Rich Kid. Rich Kid is... He's hilarious. You know what I'm saying? He's a funny guy. And shout out he's to you, Saigon. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's an amazing MC. 
You know what I'm saying? And then I would have to say, um, I actually I appreciated, I appreciated the Tone Mason. Mm. Yeah, the Tone yeah. Mason live production. So big up to Melly from Tone Mason. Oh, sorry, yeah, Melly. Sorry, sorry, not Melly. Sorry, my bad. Melly was a good episode. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I meant to say T Major is what I meant to say. Was with the live production. Okay, so T Major episode for all the people who have. I think that was episode number four. Yeah. All the episodes are fire. I like the Mindbender episode too. I know yes. Friday loved that shit. That's one of my favorites. That's going to be in my That's Friday's probably number one. I, I don't know if it's my number one, but I would say, and that selfie stick for some reason is loose. Pause. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is it? <laughs> I don't know why I gotta say pause, but I said selfie yeah, stick pause. loose. I just feel there's a, a pause has to it's go. Pause it's pause worthy. It's definitely pause worthy. I don't know exactly where. And it why. belongs. Has no water behind me. I'm trying to be. I'm, I'm being a little bit of a diva, but I'm, I'm saying. He's parched. I'm parched. Look at that official radio microphone feeling like. Yeah, a good and, shot. And, and I'm drinking all this iced coffee, and it's not really doing it for me right now. Uh, I'll take one for sure. Go, mm. I'll just have one down here right now. What was I saying now with the um, favorite episodes? Yeah. So top three episodes for me, and no particular order. Yeah, mine has no order either. It's like Mindbender episode is definitely mm-hmm. in there. All right, for a couple of reasons, we got to cross genres, so we got to talk about porn, and we got to talk about hip hop. Okay. Which Friday and loves, and those are both great things. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Sex is beautiful, people. Yes. It's beautiful. All right. And um, there was also the episode that we did with Freddie Fame. Yes, that was That's a very informative. That was a very informative. I, I enjoyed that episode. I felt like it was a game of mental chess that we were having there with our question and answer period. And, and, and we got a lot of good stories out of it. The whole Tory Lane story got... Um, you know, mm-hmm. spoken about in there. Mm-hmm. There's still questions that I have, but you know, it was sparked. Um, wow. And what else? What else? Because it's been a lot of fun ones, yo. Socrates was good. I mean, I'm sorry, Shockley. Shockley, Shockley. That was a good one. Get Socrates. Yo, Socrates, man. Yo, socks. Socks. Socks is he said. Motherfucking legend, bro. We. I'd love to meet Socrates. You know what? Socks is a back. very cool person. He's he a very cool dude. He hit me back on on on, in, on not Instagram on Twitter, uh-huh. and he was like, "Yeah, cousin Friday, let's do it, right?" And I was like, "Follow me, and I'll hit you on the DMs." And he did. Yeah. Then it just went cold again. Well, so, you know, think he's, about how his he's, shit always be popping. Probably he had. He's got work, man. He's nonstop. He's a worker. You know, yeah. he's working. So you know, we'll get him on the show eventually. You know what I mean? But just don't wait for it to get. You know, we'll get him on the show eventually. Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? I feel like the episode that we had with Cashmere is oh, one of my favorites. Cashmere. Like no, she's a director. She's a director. She directed many, many videos, many videos in the city. Right? Um, she directed videos for people like Jordan. Um, JB. JB. JB was a good episode, too. Yeah. And it connected us to having the JB episode. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I like when one episode sparks Just remember. Episode. That's kind of awesome. JB said the yeah. game's banned from Toronto. He hasn't been back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that was... It was nice to connect the dots to that JB story yeah. from that whole thing, from the interview that we started with Cashmere. So big up to Cashmere. Yes. Big up to JB. And yeah, big up to everybody who's been on the show. It's just, it's been a, it's been a nice journey so far. We're only in episode 31. And Ooh. I'm sorry, 32. 32 Friday. 32. My bad. And we're, I'm, I'm having a fucking great time. I'm not even going to lie. Um, it's work. 
But I'm having a great fucking time. You're enjoying it. You love it. You know what I'm saying? It is love. Right, it loving hip hop, right? We love hip hop, right? That's what we that's what we do. We fucking love hip hop. So let's get to this shit. Um before our interview starts. Before our guest shows up. Um and big up to the guests that we have coming up. We got uh Mr. Bonital, aka Joshua Barkley, um, and then also Ivan Evidente. They're both execs from Universal Music Group that are going to be coming to talk to us about all the different, um, you know, music industry type of stuff. Wow, that's a that's very dope. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're going to be chopping it up and, and learning more about getting in the industry and all that type of stuff and how they got there. Right? Any come up rapper right now, this is your time to run from whatever part of the city with your CD and. <laughs> Hijack this interview. We're also going to see if that's still the way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we're going to find it. Oh, oh, gonna find our guest, our go. guest is actually arriving, so it's 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 a good thing. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? I was going to bring up um, this Durham Kingston police seize seizure. All right, did you see that? Come in, come, come in, in, come in. Uh, yeah, come in. You know what I'm saying? Um, right, 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 we're right not here. here for a second. Oh, no, yeah. not yet. Oh, okay. Um, yes. Less, less. Our guest is in the building, you know what I mean? And uh, before before we, we get to our guest, and, and I'm going to make sure that we get our, our other guest because he's going to be Skyping in for this one, right? Um, I want to just talk quick about that, that those couple of things. There's the Durham police thing that happened, right? The, the, what is it? 20 kilos of drugs, um, guns, and $750 worth of... Uh, $750,000, $750, right? So, I don't know. That's not a big bust. That's not as one as big as the one you told me the other day. The thousand, the, thousand keys. Yeah. But I want to get to this other shit that I have on my list here. The Usher shit, because I want to wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> wrap it up. <laughs> wrap it up. <laughs> and I got to throw a pause. Because all these sushi boys. In this, in this equation. All so. these sushi boys who don't wrap it up. Uh, pause on that, on that whole Usher and the uh, wrap it up thing. But, yeah. Anyhow. Usher... We gotta close the shit up. The accuser, sex tape, shit is false. Ah, it's false. Mm-hmm. So no herps. Not necessarily. That's not wrapped up, right? So uh, there's still a loose end. Yeah. However, the woman there that was accusing him. Yeah. The 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 the, the, um, the heavy set woman that was accusing him. Mm-hmm. Her tape. She said she had a tape. Say yeah yeah yeah. Usher was coming up to my hotel room and Ray Tay Tay. That shit ain't real. Fake. It's fake. She don't fake have news. a tape. Okay, so she's being represented by the same chick who's representing um Fox News. Um, no, the chick who represented Black China in the, oh. the Rob uh, case. Ah, yeah. She's like the ambulance chaser for all women who are trying to run a case on somebody, right? <laughs> the man called her an ambulance chaser. <laughs> so, yeah, that happened. That's what I'm got to say right now. I'm not going to put a bunch into it. You know what I'm saying? Because we actually have way more important shit to talk about, and, and we have guests. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Straight. So what I want to do is I'm gonna take a slight break. Oh my goodness! The show just started. What are you talking about? A break? Fun. You have cigarettes? I ain't got no cigarettes. I didn't bring. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a bogey. My dog. I'm not t- necessarily taking a bogey break, but now that you mentioned the actual bogey, it's kicked in my nicotine sense oh to make me want a bogey. So shout out to Joey for fucking up everybody else's time, boy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and Sal can't even take you're just uh. <laughs> if you see the reaction sometimes if we could take the camera and switch it around and put it on my on my videographer <laughs> and the reactions that she has on her face from some of the shit that we be talking in here Most that's of some a whole of the shit other you show on its own yeah, that's a whole other viral moment right there that's where the money is but yeah we're gonna take a quick bogey break 
and then uh, and we're gonna get our get All our right. get our next guest on the Skypeage, and then uh, yeah, that's that's what's popping. So we're the world's most smoked out podcast. We love hip hop. Chill, huh? All yeah, right, fire fray. fire. Let's get back into it. Let me get the live people popping over here. Um, we got our guest in the building. Let me do a, a little bit of an intro here. Make the people them know I'm gone. Wow, so these two gentlemen that I have here, and I say two because I have one gentleman sitting here with me. Physically. And then, and, and we're using technology, and we're bringing <laughs> our, 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 our next gentleman over here through via Skype. Our very first Skype interview for the show. So shout out to the people from Skype. Send us a bag. He's quick with that bag talk. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're not, we're not slipping on the bag talk. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> send the bag. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm not gonna say the word again. Um, but yeah, shout out to them. So our guest, I wanted to make sure that rappers understand different ways and how to get into the business. Because it's one thing to be a rapper and be like, yo, it's lit. I got ten chains. You know what I mean? Uh, and, 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 you know, I go, yeah, 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 it's lit. I made it. But how the fuck can you get in the game and sustain yourself in the game is, is, is super important. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of motherfuckers have no idea. You know what I mean? My, my DMs go off all the time. Of people are like, yo, here's my music. But it's like... I'm, I'm not still, an E&R. I'm a rapper. I, I'm a rapper I'm, or I'm, I'm a podcaster. You know, I can maybe shout you out on the podcast, but... You still gotta put the grind in. Uh-huh. You have to educate your educate yourself on the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? So I was like, you know what? We need to speak with these gentlemen here because they know what's going on. Get some on. execs. Exactly. So, you know, these gentlemen have been in the game for at least ten years. Okay? Not to age anybody here. <laughs> but at least ten years. Man's have been putting in work. Okay? Because with anything, if you want to do it well, you got to put in your 10,000 hours. You know what Master I'm saying? that shit. Master. Exactly. So, you know, I don't have a whole bunch of things that I want to say that I don't want to say in the, that I, you know, that I want to say in my questions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But these guys have gone from being DJs to being guys who I've seen on street teams. You know what I'm saying? Straight. To like doing things in the office. And then also sustaining past the cutbacks that have gone on in the industry. Because there's been a lot of fucking cutbacks. The internet, they said radio killed, no, video killed the radio star. Right? And then the internet killed the fucking radio. Well, wasn't it radio killed the tape deck or the tape, the CD killed the cassette. And then now the digital download has killed the CD. Yeah, now, you know, people can It's hard to get a physical. I asked a man for a physical, a man looks like I'm speaking a foreign language. <laughs> you know, a physical fam, so I can, yo, physical, yo, downloads, fat, what, yo, so this is my SoundCloud, this is my thing, this yep. is my, this is my, but no physicals. No right. physicals, you know, and um, these guys seen that. Yeah. <laughs> Straight goods. Talk. Speak on it, talk on it, man, talk on it. They ain't got the money. So, with no further ado. Mm. For a lot of people to get in the game and then figure out and then think that they're in the game because mm. they can download some music and you know what I mean? For sure. Record some songs and throw it on a SoundCloud. Like. Yeah, and, and Preach, you know, talk to these young people. The thing is, there's so much more than just having some views on on SoundCloud or some views on or some likes on on Instagram to say that you're lit. You know what I mean? Like, 
you're not necessarily making money from your craft. So these gentlemen here, I'm gonna, we're gonna have a good interview and, and speak with them. So with no further ado, I have here on Skype, um, Mr. Joshua Barclay, aka Bonital. Gobbies. Just throwing gobbies. Sorry about the gobbies. You know what I'm saying? And Ivan Evidente. Um, both gentlemen from Universal Music Group. Um, Asphalt Regime, you know what I'm saying? Uh, ah, you know what Asphalt uh, Regime is? Universal Urban. Universal oh, Urban. So, <laughs> when I first met these gentlemen is back in the days, I went to school with Ivan. Actually, yes, we did. Right? Um, a school called Harris Institute of the Arts, which teaches us about either getting into the production side of things and the engineering side of things, or learning about management and marketing and different things like that mm -hmm. and we were both in that program together right absolutely and um you know this gentleman was trying to learn about the game and 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 he took what he learned and he put it to use right and i met bonital around that times too i realized in my uh search for what you know the research that we i met bonital back in those times back in the street street team times right yeah yeah your brother's with tracks Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. And tracks went to school with us. Yes, he did. You know, I don't. He wasn't in my year, but I know he. I, you know, yeah, tracks is just a legend. Oh, yeah, like <laughs> whatever you put it, right? Whatever it is. Yeah. So Earth, the, the, the street team times uh, all the way into the offices. You know what I'm saying? So let's let's talk about it. I got questions. Okay. First of all, for both of y'all, right? Y'all both were DJs or are DJs? Right, so tell me about now. Let's start with you, Ivan. Tell okay. me about the DJing and the event planning that you were doing prior right. to working at Universal. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So my like, I think you could say my sort of initial, you know, foot in the sort of industry started out as a DJ. So, right. okay. um, and yeah. So this was in the uh, well, early, early, early nineties. You know, which I guess some would consider the golden era, stuff mm. called the golden era. So yeah, so I started I started my career out um, as a DJ, and it was, uh, you know, that you know, am I do I going into detail and everything? Yeah, you guys want to hear the story? Okay, okay, so, life, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I started my career out as a DJ, and um, and the thing is, is um, you know, not just sort of on the side of just DJing parties, but I was just a, a, a huge just. A fan of hip-hop culture so as it pertained to DJing I was really and I know wisdom knows this for sure I was heavily into the turntablism world mm. like, I was just like a guy who followed all of the uh, you know the Q-Berts DJ Q-Berts of the world yeah. the Mix Master Mics the Apollos and, and, and all those guys Rock and, uh, Raiders and all those absolutely, guys absolutely right so I kind of came from that world although I was definitely much into the whole, you know, playing parties and stuff. So I'm okay. good. So I start. I start out my sure. career there, and um, long story. Well, I, I always say a short story long is, um, you know, I used to throw. Uh, I used to DJ a lot of parties, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, as a DJ, and I'm sure any DJ, who, whoever who you are, even to DJs who are using the digital Serato stuff now, will always attest to, you know, you'll DJ parties and promoters at the end of the night will, will come around and tell you, hey, listen, uh, you know, sorry, we just didn't make enough money tonight, and so you're not getting paid or whatnot, which to me was actually, okay, cool, because to be honest with you, I was just a passionate guy who just loved DJing yeah. anyways exactly just yeah. for there for the moment so for me it was always just you know okay whatever and you know it was those I'm good um, it was those kind of 
moments that you know being told by a promoter that hey listen you're not getting paid that you know I started to think to myself you know what if I just you know threw my own parties and mm. DJed my own parties exactly and so forth and um, you know so that's sort of essentially what I started doing you know yeah. but you know without having to jump too into too much stuff like skipping too much things at the time when I was a you know as a DJ like again I was super passionate I was working at the Olive Garden back in the day okay. uh, you know uh, this is like literally like straight after high school kind of thing oh, and wow. I actually started DJing during high school but at the time I was working at the Olive Garden and at nights I would DJ parties right mm-hmm. um, how old were you at the time? Oh, I started DJing. I was like 15 at the time, 14 or 15. Well, me and my partner, uh, for those, without putting my age out there, but uh, we were called the Two Swift Household. Um, Two slash, Swift Household? Yeah, so nice. my part, me and my partner, Junior. And, and uh, 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 speak up, speak up. What did you say, boy? Tonight, man. That's Junior, man. Yeah, that's <laughs> me and my partner, Junior. And, and E Swift. Oh, oh, yes. oh, there we go. Yes. So you're back, you're live. that's All it, right. right? So we we had our own little DJ crew, and uh, <coughs> you know, and what it was is, you know, during that time, you know, um, just as a guy who was just super passionate about music, and and like I said, like I was really into the culture mm. of it. So like, you know, for everything from like b boy culture to like even though I was not a b-boy by any stretch except for in the early 80s right you know back in them days when you were just back like on, a on the cardboard right ah, exactly right? spins on cardboard exactly right you know beat street you know <laughs> up uh, rocket uh, exactly um, but what it was is um, you know as a DJ I was very very like I said I would throw a lot of parties but I was also very tight with a, a b-boy crew who a legendary b-boy crew from here called Bag of Tricks right yes exactly so shout out Benzo you know we need to get Benzo Days, on the show. Uh, Gizmo, and I can go through the whole the whole click, but uh, yeah. Anyways, so like I said, I used to DJ a lot of parties, and and what we used to do is back in the days, um, I used to throw these parties, but I would invite a whole. Well, I'm skipping a whole bunch of shit right now, but to try to well, like. You'd invite the whole city, man. Yeah, I did. Um, oh man! Ooh, yeah, like, well, there, there, there were there were a lot of different venues that you know that I can start naming that will kind of probably bring back some things and I'll get into that but long story short is like I used to you know I I, I figured hey you know what if I cut out the middleman so to say and start throwing my own parties mm. you know at least that way if we don't make any money at the end of the night at you least it's my it, yeah and it's it's my loss at the end of it right so yeah. this kind of thing but what I used to do is when I used to throw these parties is um you know, because I had a good relationship with, like, for example, like the B-Boys. <coughs> I'd bring all the B-Boys out to our, our parties. Sure. But what I used to always do as well is I used to, like, I always thought about how can my parties be a little bit different from everybody else's parties out there. So what I used to do at the time was I used to invite all all the, the street teams of the, this is before I was at the labels. Sure. I used to call up all the labels and invite their street teams out mm. to my parties. So... You know, and back in the day, like the BMG Street team, yep. was the fucking. Am I allowed to swear on this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the BMG, the BMG Street team at that time, you know, and BMG at the time was run by Saul Guy. You mm, know what I mean? I remember those times working the label. Um, they just had like the most incredible street team. I I thought, and you know, I would invite those guys out. I'd invite every label street team out to my parties just so that way anybody who came to my parties would at least walk out with some sort of giveaway or some sort of, you know, extra bonus coming out of my parties. And long story short, uh, 
you know, this started to catch attention, I guess, that, and, and it just used to attract a lot of people. So, you know, and, and in the 90s, in the early 90s, and these and at the time, let me talk about, th- th- these were all ages parties, by yeah. the way, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, these, these weren't even, we weren't thinking about 19 and over bottle yeah, service. Yeah. Like, that shit didn't even fucking exist. I mean, this was just vibes you know what i mean and we and even before we used to do them at clubs like we i used to throw these parties at like in banquet halls you know Mm. what i mean or just like church halls like i remember like one of my very first parties was like a church hall in parkdale called i was there uh, spontaneous, right? I was there. Our Lady I was of just Lebanon. supposed to bring that up. You took the words right out of there my we mouth. Go. I was there. Yeah, so that was one of the sickest parties I ever <laughs> been to in my life. Yeah, b boys break dancing. Yeah, everything going on. It was a full element of exactly. So in yeah. that party, Absolutely. and at that time, yeah, I was like new to Parkville, <coughs> so I was like, holy fuck! Yeah, I remember that. That's like ninety-five, maybe ninety-six. Yeah, ninety-three actually was when I sort of first started throwing parties. Uh, 92, 93. Maybe, maybe, uh, yeah. yeah. So I'm in part of 92, 93, so I, I, I was probably like 14, 15 at the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, so you, you'd be yo, in those parties, man. They were bro, all I'm ages you, parties. They were epic. Especially <laughs> the one that was in the church on yeah. Beatty Street, I'm thinking yeah. about. Yeah. Man. Exactly. Man. It's crazy. I've never been to something like that without a full of you, all the elements. You, 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 you're up. missing out, bro. Trust me. Yeah. These kids don't know. I'm glad I experienced yeah. something like that. Absolutely. Trust me, concert hall. Oh, absolutely. Oh, man. And it's funny because, you know, we're on Church Street right now, right down mm-hmm. by, like, Church and Shooter. Mm. There was a, another little venue, but it was, called, it was called Party Center back in the yes, day, right? Party which was like, Center. you know, which was like a, a legendary, like, hall as well that people, you know, used to throw parties at as well. So, anyways, where I'm going with this is, um, you know, this started to attract attention. You know, the party started to kind of get bigger and stuff like that. Right. And, you know, again... Um, it just got to a point where, and, and, and the interesting thing is, is because I'm kind of going, because there's just so much, right? But I'm just trying to, to, to kind of reminisce a, a bit about it was, um, you know, while all the labels kind of had your sort of street teams, um, there was this one gentleman who's now living in Australia. Some of you may or may not know him. He's a legendary cat from out here. My man Kwame Powell, oh, a.k.a. Kano, mm-hmm, who uh, he started this sort of, he basically started a company called Noise, which... Okay was like it was sort of like he took all the different street team members from all the labels and he kind of started this other company with them so guys were doing remember none of these not everybody was sort of per se full-time employees of these labels at the time they're doing more contract work right and they were doing stuff for the label and what kano did was he sort of started this company called noise that had sort of all these different guys from all the different street teams but they would get like jobs from different other things not maybe outside of record label stuff so it's like if like kiss 92 or when it just launched in canada it's like they wanted street team promotion they actually got like my man kano uh, to be like yo let's just get your street team to, to kind of it. to do stuff so it was yeah. kind of stuff that was more outside of the record labels and that those group of people alone were just like you know like people like thrust was on there you know mm-hmm, on that mm-hmm. team because Th- thrust was doing stuff for virgin at Shout the time thrust yeah and just some just legendary figures in this city at least to me that i kind of looked up to as well like they and it was just an opportunity for me to meet a lot of these different people and uh and then what happened was there the labels at one point at you know again without having to go into all details but while the noise thing was happening that company the labels started getting a little bit concerned that you know all of these 
label, well, sort of all the street team guys that were working with Noise, who were technically working for them as well, they kind of got a little bit concerned that there may be sort of like, hey, sort of like people telling each other secrets about yeah. the other thing. Like they were just, they were, they were getting insider like shit, yeah. right? Which really wasn't happening because these are just guys who were just passionate about, guys and women actually, who were just passionate about getting some sort of foot in the industry. Yeah. And so the labels quickly tried to kind of shut that down. Yeah. You know, about the noise thing. Just, you know, I mean, as far as that company, even though they still did stuff. But, and then what happened was, um, at the time, uh, Polygram Records, mm-hmm. which was, uh, sort of, which was sort of the, which was Def Jam right. at the time. They were, they wanted to have somebody exclusively work for them, mm. and uh, so they reached out to Noise a K Note, and they said, "Hey, listen, you know what? Like, we really want to just try to get somebody on your team that would be, you know, just work exclusively for us." Right. And um, K Note, and that's why I have to shout this man out to this day is he actually referred Good me, catch. like he referred me to them, and. Um, and it's crazy because uh, you, t- you talked about Harris Institute. Yeah. And this is around the time that I went to Harris Institute. And you knew I was a DJ back then. Yeah. Ironically enough is that I, I actually got kicked out of Harris because I, I think I skipped too many classes or whatnot. Yeah. And it was funny because at the time when I was going to Harris, they, they told me, you know, there's a part, I don't know if you remember, there's a part where they offer internships. Yeah. Right? Well, they told me that I could not qualify for an internship because I I skipped too many fucking classes and so and I was like okay cool no problem ironically enough a fucking week later like I said Def Jam had been looking for somebody exclusively (laughs) and my man referred me and uh, literally a week later I actually ended up fucking working getting a job at polygram even though it was a part-time job sick right mm. so i don't graduate from this school i don't get, get i don't yeah. get my internship but i get a fucking job sick at this place awesome. and, and so it's funny how life kind of works out yeah, right yeah, in yeah, certain yeah. ways and i kid you not i've been in the same company for 19 years here we go with cashmere she's like yo I was in school. Mm. I'm like, yo, I've done this. And she just went to much like, yo, or whatever it was. And she's like, yo, I need to. And they put her to work. And it's been like, yo, she's been working there ever since doing her Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, that's dope. And yeah, that's crazy. 19 yeah. years. Wow. Yeah, I'm going on 19 and years. I have, and I have a question for you, um, Bunny Tall. Yes, we have you just sitting over here in the dark. You know what I'm saying? But before you- yo, you can't see me? We can see you. No, I'm just saying like quietly, you know, you're just, you know, just sitting there. Yeah, patiently. And I, 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 Ah, <laughs> ah, hear that, hear that. You know what I'm saying? The it's thing is... <coughs> of course, of course. <laughs> for sure, for sure. This man is big in the industry. <laughs> to tell you the truth, to tell you the truth, he gave me my shot, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, to be in the industry. So, like, at, at the end of the day, man, so, I, like, he's saying he's giving it up to the people that put him on. Like, I gotta put, like, I gotta give it up to people that put me on, too. Like, guys, you know what I'm saying? Like, he knows. <laughs> Appreciate that. Shot, took a chance on the kid, and you know, I lasted like ten years at, at the same company that he's talking about, which was collectively Universal Music Canada right now. Mm-hmm. Sick. That's you know? that's, and, that's, uh, that's, that's a blessing. DJing, I started DJing at like thirteen years old, um, and um, I have to say that um, an artist from Los Poetas mm. who are dropping their their albums, Left, Right, Center, Che Che Uno. 
he's the one that put me on to uh, DJing. And um, actually, you know, him and Jedi from Supernaturals. Ah, yeah. You know, so Maybe. I'll say that. Since he picked up Bag of Tricks, I got to pick up some yeah. stuff <laughs> from Scarborough. Ah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so, like, the same, it's the same, it's the same three-man weave, too. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, the, the, the fact that Che was telling me about certain, you know, this is how you DJ. I've always wanted to DJ. I've always picked my dad's records slapped the monitor on, on the, the record player and scratched the shit out of him. Got beats for it, but, you know, scratched the shit out of my dad's record. <laughs> Not knowing really what I, what I was doing, but like, yo, I knew I wanted to sit in front of two turntables and a mixer. Hell yeah. So I met Che Uno from Los Poetas um, on the, or, at Orton Park on the mm. block. And it was just like, it was, it was like heaven sent because I was just telling him, yeah, yeah, you know, you're young and you're dumb and you're just like, yeah, I'm a DJ. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm a DJ. He's like, yeah, you're a DJ? Well, I got DJ equipment right up the street. You know? And I'm like, for real, let me see that. Let me see it. So he brings me over to his cousin's house and I sit in front of two turntables and a mixer and I'm like, yo, record this shit. My first mixtape ever. First time ever touching two turntables and a mixer. First time ever touching techniques. And my first mixtape was... A Craig G and SNS mixtape. I mixed that shit song for song. <laughs> gotta find that. You know what I mean? Song for song. And I was like, yo, you like this shit? This shit is fly, right? He's like, wow, you're you're better than I thought you were. You know what I mean? Mm. But I straight bit. I straight bit. <laughs> At first, 13 years old, not knowing anything, but just loving hip-hop so much and listening to mixtapes that my older brother tracks would bring home because, you know, he would, you know, he was also a good influence in my life too you know what I mean and yeah, um, yeah I would I would have taken a draw off that if I was there <laughs> so. the I feel like I want to pass it to you on virtual. Skype <laughs> I feel like I want to pass yeah, it to you so, right there on Skype fam I know I know I know I know but um so I started DJing at 13 and we started a crew called Tril- uh, Barrio Sound that's what mm. it was called Barrio Sound it was about five of us and um his cousin started moving like a bitch Wow. So it got to a point where, you know, like he would like use the fact that the equipment at his house was the <laughs> fact that he was running the show. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it pulled it the got to a point where Omar and I were like, <laughs> it's my ball, I'm going yeah. here. Omar. Tracks. Tracks and I were like, fuck this, let's get our own equipment. Oh. Let's, you know, we got our own equipment and started collecting our own records. And, um,. We kind of got sick of the arguments and the fact that we couldn't be at this guy's house where we wanted to DJ and all this shit. So it was like, fuck that. We're just going to break out on our own. And three of the five members of Body of Sound formed Trilogy Sound Crew. Okay. Uh. Yeah. So that's what... And Trilogy Sound Crew, we were doing mixtapes. And um, our mixtapes, we, like... Our mixtapes were very influenced by G-Force. Little Jazz and his yeah. crew, and mm. it was like one of the illest turntablists I've ever seen in my life. Period. And um, he would also he would also be like, "Yo, we're going to these parties, you know, come to these parties with us, you know." And we would always end up going to these parties with these two little Filipino kids that are just killing shit <laughs> and running the show. And you know, and me, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm a young, I was young coming up in the game and 
being too young to to do anything, the fact that my older brother was a couple years, a few years older than me, and I would just also just be kind of like his latchkey kid, like, I'm following you, you know what I mean? I'm coming wherever you're going. I don't care. I'm coming, <laughs> you know? I, got, I can relate. Little brother syndrome. I can relate. My little brother used to be my backpack. <laughs> Real actually, talk. There's a couple questions I have based even on that. Like, one, was Trax already in IRS at the time? And the second part of the question is, was your name DJ Wisdom at the time, or what was your first DJ or hip-hop name? Um, J Wiz. Ah! <laughs> J Wiz. <laughs> J Wiz. Just like J Swift, and, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. J, my shit was J, you know? J Wiz. Like, my name was always Wiz Kid, Wiz Kid. Mm. You know, like Wisdom or Wiz Kid, you know? And I just didn't like the kid growing up the little brother syndrome once again you know what i mean and just being like you know what i'm not a kid i'm not a kid, I'm not a kid. <laughs> yeah. you know so a big man um yeah you know what i mean and you know i threw, threw myself off the porch you know what i'm saying yeah yeah so uh tracks tracks is like you're screaming like he's in the house you're screaming like he's in the house with you like yo tracks yo come true <laughs> lives in south africa right now oh johannesburg nice. yeah man he's doing big things out there right now so Bless. shout out to him yeah but the way you're like just screaming his name like i i swear you're calling from the man to come into that well <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's blessed we're in our studio i'm in i'm in our studio right now okay so okay nice nice um but uh yeah i got i got into the game with him and and i was out i was always off the porch like running outside the house like yo mom i'm going down the street and i'm gonna go play basketball down the street and then i lived in the same neighborhood as um a good friend of mine named uh, kevin coley you know and a lot of people know him as yok yeah yo was in a group called mvp at the time this is pre-modernist always no it was mvp he was this was before, like, around the same time where they they, they all clicked up. Because Monolith is, is um, two crews collectively into one. You know, so it's um, uh, Lyrical Coalition. Okay. And um, The Horde. The Horde. Oh. And I was always friends with, like, like and Che Uno was a part of The Horde. You know? And, um, and YOK was MVP, but he was also down with The Horde. The Horde was... Uh, wow. IRS, Nish Rocks, um, Che Uno, you know, which was Roach One at the time, or Roach. Um, yeah, so those guys, you know, and okay. they would always, I would always see them in the neighborhood and stuff like that. Just, I just became like really good friends with them, you know. Mm. And um, it even, it even was a shock to me when they were like, you know what, Tracks is gonna be a part of IRS because IRS was always Black Cat and Corey D's. Yeah begin with you know what i'm saying irs was always black cat and cordy's and i guess when they made the transition to actually really really do a run at this and try to try to really you know focus down and put out some projects you know they were like yo we need a dj you know and um tracks they you know they looked at tracks like because tracks was also a very good um turntableist you know and at the time he was also djing for cardi too Oh, and Cardi yeah. was um, 
his, he was dropping his first album at the time, you know. Uh, Fire, uh, his second album, his second album, his first album was I and I. Yeah. Which my brother went to school, you know, with uh, Raspberry, FOS, Solitaire, and those guys. You know what oh, I mean? That's a class. So, so it was. It was always we were always intertwined with with the industry and the fact that how I got involved in. The music industry is that when IRS got signed, IRS got signed to Universal. Uh, Click, their A and R, David Click Cox at the time, got them signed mm-hmm. to Universal. Shout and, out Click, um, yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out David Click Cox for sure, man. And um, I was so passionate about my brother's shit that I was like, yo, ain't nobody gonna push your shit better than me. Mm. So who who would you rather have in the building other than me? You know what I mean? Sweet. So I'd be like, yo, Omar, let me come to the meetings with you guys and let me, you know what I mean? And he would be like, hell no. Nah, <laughs> nah, no, not at all. You know what I'm saying? And, but because I was good friends with Black Cat and Corey D's before all this shit, they would always be like, yo, Wiz, we're going to Universal. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Go through, you know. <laughs> and I'd show up like, yeah, show up, show up at my brother like, mm, mm, you didn't want me to come. I'm right here, you know. What I'm yeah, I got here. <laughs> I, was, I, I wanted to get in where I fit in any way possible whatsoever. Straight. So um, the first time I went to Universal, and I know Ivan could remember this too. They were doing a party in the back, and it was around the time that Eminem dropped the Eminem show. Wow. That, that album and then you guys did a party in the back there and that was the first time they actually brought me in the building and said okay yeah you know what come to Universal and um, everyone was partying but I was on a fucking mission I knew what I wanted when I went there and I went there and I collected as much business cards as possible I took as much free CDs as possible too but uh, I wanted I wanted business cards and um, Ivan I, I saw Ivan and I'm like yo bro remember me Ray 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 and he's like yeah yeah Kind of brushed me off a little bit. Oh, I think you brushed him off, man. Give him the close shoulder. Oh, I don't know. Well, did I? Well, you know, well, well, I'll let him kid. I'll, yeah, fuck it, right? Hey, yeah, well, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. That's the past. Yeah. Because it's bleeding somewhere right now. Exactly. Keep going. That's right. Keep talking. Keep talking. It's definitely bleeding somewhere. So you know, but it was also a party, and Universal back then threw some crazy parties. You know what I mean? Like they had money at that time. You know what I'm saying? And they were they were putting in money into whatever they were doing. So, um, like I'm not saying Universal don't have money now. I'm just saying that they were spending money. <laughs> it was a, it was a yeah. good time. Yeah. yeah, they were spending money. We were making it rain. The the faucet yeah, was open. The glory days. The faucet so, was um, open. So I would call Ivan. I would be his. I swear, I would call Ivan at least three times a week, leaving messages, whatever. You know what I mean? And call. Jedi, who was the head of um, Universal Urban at the time, you know, um, Mr. Barton, Kevin Barton, mm. you know, so I would call those two because I knew, I knew Ivan, I knew Ivan, but I didn't know Jedi, but I knew Jedi was the, the head of the department, and I was just calling them two every day, every day, and then one day, I got lucky, maybe after three, I'd say about three months of calling every single day, or three, three times a calling. week, wow. I would, I even picked up the phone, and I'm like, you're in the office. He's like, yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'm right outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in. just roll up on the guy. Just roll <laughs> up on me. Let's go. I love it. Yeah. I'm, well, coming in. I'm coming in. So. Determination. I said to Ivan, I said to Ivan, I'll do anything for you, 
man. I'll, I'll push papers. I don't know if you remember this conversation, Ives, but I said, I'll push papers. I'll get you donuts. I'll do anything for you. Just as long as you could tell my co-op teacher oh, yes. doing marketing yeah. and event planning yeah. for you guys. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and he, he was just like, you know what, bro? I'll do you one better, man. I'll just I'll put you on the street team. Mm. You know, and at the, at the time, um, you know, there was Fudge. Fudgy was on the street team. Yeah. Shout out to yeah. Fudge. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, you know, Kevin Kamoya Ash. Yeah. He was like, he was like the real, like, running it at that time. You know, Jay Swift, Jr., you know. Um, there was a couple of Spaceburger. Oh, my there gosh, yeah. a couple yeah. of honorable mentions, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Tim Dog. Yes. Tim Dog, too. Yeah, wow, so some honorable wow, mentions. Squad. Yeah, just the original You know what's squad. funny? Uh, don't have to cut you off, but it's all. Y'all were my rivals at them times. Because you were doing Warner, right? Were I you was Warner slash Sony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you were with Foot yeah. and Sid. And, and, oh, yeah. oh, man. I'll be like trying to get to the fucking club areas like at 7. If we're setting up um, poster boards at 8, yeah. I'm there at 7. <laughs> Double posting on the goddamn board. <laughs> 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 Someone universal is going to get there. There's like no space. Right. real estate already. Or go over other Facts. people's shit. That's just a. That's just yeah. like yeah. a. If you got to the spot first, you got yeah. to the spot that's first. That's it. Yeah. 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 You're like, motherfucker. Go earlier next time. Motherfucker. You know what? I got to be there at 7 30 or 6 30. Yeah. Like, like, I got to even talk about Caravana weekends, oh, right? With street teams oh, like Lord. back in the we'll days. We'll yeah, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Come on, man. So, I got a question. Sorry, I got a question here. Yeah. For you, Mr. Adam. Yeah. Big Apple. Oh, yeah. What is the uh, what's Big Apple's influence on you? Oh man, like uh, well, you gotta ask me that same question too. Yeah, like because I think I, you I, I, after yeah because I you know I I feel like even like literally even in my sort of early DJ days, mm-hmm. I mean you know Big Apple to me is just a fucking definition of an entrepreneur. I don't give a fuck what anybody says like he is just like that guy you know he just was running like just entrepreneurial businesses he was from doing like, shit in Toronto. like and, yeah he was doing shit like and, and, you know and if you really know about like you know when he was rapping to yeah but like even when like you know apples and oranges apples and yeah, oranges, oranges give you some right that's a classic yeah, Toronto and, track. And, that's then, a classic track and then and, and then he had it's funny enough because he had the fuck in one of his first stores i remember was just up on young street yeah right there uh, yeah the like, rapped hummer yeah uh, i mean was, like you know, this guy is yeah like, like, he's before his time yeah like, like in toronto with and the, so everything. when you asked me what the influence he was one of the guys that, for me, and I, I've known him my entire professional career. Like, mm. I, like he's known me at least yeah. for sure. Like, he has supported me, like from when I was making mixtapes, selling it at his stores. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And he was just like I said, an entrepreneur. He was always involved with fashion for sure, with drugs, yes. gorgeous gangsters. You name it. I'm not a rapper. Yo, like, like, and I'm just like from way back in the days like yeah. early early 90s yeah. so he was just one of those people that i felt like you know 
was just just an influential person in the city to Definitely. me specifically. Yeah, who yeah. Had always sort of like did everything from what at least in my eyes looked like on a global level. Like yeah. you know, like because you know we talk about certain things that stay local, like. Whether it was local or not, the perception of everything he did, even in the early '90s, looked like it was touching like worldwide. Well, he was before his time. Yeah, like super before his time. He's a fucking entrepreneur. He's a fucking hustler. Like in the, Hust- in, the in, yeah. in the most positive way, in the sense that he just he's a go getter, yeah. and I've always like listen, admired listen, that about listen, him. Listen, yeah. listen, listen. This guy sold me my first pair of Echo jeans. <laughs> ah. First yeah, year, Mark Echo Juice. I'm telling you, man. Like he, and like when I, my first, my first recollection of um, Apple was was when he had um, his um, yeah, giving you a taste of for now. Some later, I saw that on much music, but I never met him at that time. Mm-hmm. I met him when he had his 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 shop right at Young, Young and Dundas. Yeah, mm. like the flea market at Young and yeah. Dundas. Wow, them right? times. Yeah, them yeah. times. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he was the first person to bring certain clothing lines to Canada. Yep, including his own line. To bring Wu Tang to Canada. Yeah, he yeah. was like the first to do a lot of shit in Toronto, in Very Canada, first. not just Toronto, but in Canada. Canada. You know Facts. what I mean? And, and the fact that he did it in such big like, fashion, lack of, for lack of better terms, in such a niggerish way, <laughs> in his own with his own terms. Yeah. Telling the world, fuck you. Yeah. With two middle fingers up holding his yeah. balls. He didn't give a fuck. Like, I, yeah, I, I remember he used to run that Hummer up and down oh, Young yeah. Street that was wrapped with the Apple World. Oh, yeah. All mm-hmm. of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Apple mm-hmm. World clothes, Apple he World. The TV show. Yo, the TV. Sake. Exactly. Extort money out of us. Legally. You know what I mean? Like, legally extort money out of us. Like, not extort them that way, but he would come through and be like, yo, buddy, I got people coming into town. You're gonna wrap my vehicle. Yeah. You're gonna wrap my vehicle. Yeah. You have to. And we would have to do it because it made sense. Yo, made he sense. was. Yo, he was definitely before his time when it came to. Yeah. And he's still doing it. Yeah. You know, I got. Yeah. You know, I fucking shout outs to him, man. Yeah. For big sure. shout out to Big Apple, yo. Yeah. 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 Drugs. Shout out to Drugs. Big I shut straight up. Yeah. We're just gangsters. Yeah. Uh, he's not old. Yo, stop saying that. <laughs> this young guy is an old guy on Instagram. Oh my gosh, you young kids, man! Wow. wow. Do your research, Joey. Do your research. Fair enough. I found that guy on it randomly on Instagram. Do your research. Yo, trust I me. He was from Miami, so that's crazy. That it's actually, that's a little gem right there that I found out that yeah. it's from from this. this Yo, he's place, a you know? OG he in the pages, city, bro. He takes pages from every book that he goes through, and he like he'll come back. With that accent, and Canadian people would be like, "What the fuck? You're American, eh?" And he'd be like, "You know what? Yeah, yeah." You know why he would say that too? Because he's like, "I'm bigger than 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 Toronto." That's why his name was Big Apple, though. Like, yeah, Big Apple. Like, that's the fucking the the New York is the Big Apple. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it was, you know, for sure. And apples and oranges, if I'm not mistaken, like. It was like his alter ego. He was Apple and he was also Orange. Because there was no Orange. Like, yo, was, that's... <laughs> yo, trust me. Yo, trust me. <laughs> there was no other guy. And, 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 and if you pay close attention to the video... Being in the industry and being, and being more involved in stuff, he really took a liking to me. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I love that. I love I love the guy. I got yeah. nothing but love for this guy. Yeah. Because he would take me to places... He would come to the office. He would big me up in front of artists that he brought to the to the, to the yeah. office. You know what I mean? And he'd be like, "Yo, come down to the shop. Help me do this." 
Yo, we're gonna do this tonight. You better be there. Oh, he had night, the club nights too. Bottles and models. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, what you, 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 you're gonna say something about the video? No, I was saying if you actually like, you know, and I haven't seen the video in ages, but I clearly remember if you actually watched the video. I think he might have even filmed the video like on the middle of like. The Allen Road or the highway or something like that, or something. But it looked like they closed off the highway or something for the guy. Like it was like I'm like, damn, okay, you know what I mean. But that's the type of dude he was. He just like you know, he's one of those guys that uh, influential as fuck, specifically to me for sure, no doubt about that. So yeah, he was on the DVP. He shut that down. (laughs) I think he was on the DVP or something. It was like, wow, was that where he was? I couldn't just just go check the video, man. You have to watch it. Like I said, it looked fucking massive to me. You know, and and I'll be putting up the videos like when we do the YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, his YouTube crate digging. His internet crate digging. Yeah, yeah. Friday digs the crates of the internet. I can't wait to find that video again. That's a gem. Fucking fun, yo. Yeah. So, from the street team times, right? How did you get from there to head of national promotions department? Well, well. So, just to clarify a few things, like that. That's. I started out legit on the street team mm. you know that was my first in and I, at that time it was just contract work at the same time too right. but to give a little bit of context into how it all kind of thing you know at that time when i started this was like in 97 maybe literally okay. officially at the label kind of thing um again it was contract work and and my my job at the time was just to you come in once or twice you come in twice a week we'll leave a fucking box of fucking posters and promo items for you at the fucking at the reception and be on your way right. and then send us pictures by the end of the week of where, where you put stuff up you yeah, know what I mean? yeah, yeah it yeah, was yeah. one of those types of things right and you know but it was um basically so i, I started doing that first and i would just kind of just be happy to be in there i wasn't getting past the reception in them times you know mm. what i mean but what happened was, and not sure how many people know, but at the time, because I said I started initially at Polygram, and then about a year and a half into me doing that, and I could be a little bit off on the dates, but um, uh, Polygram and MCA Records, they were basically merging right, right. to become Universal Music, so the Universal uh, Music Group. Like, that's so, the so, Universal name. Came. Yeah, so basically it was like Island Def Jam, was sort of Holy the, the considered the, the wow. sort of uh, East Coast group of labels, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is Polygram at the time, which right. is where I was working, and then Interscope, M- well MCA Geffen slash Interscope, mm-hmm, I guess, mm-hmm, was sort mm-hmm. of the West Coast labels, and they were basically merging to become Universal Music, right? Ah. And so at the time, when I literally was starting at Polygram at the time. Um, they were talking about this big merger that was happening. Okay. And again, we were on the street team, so we're like the bottom of the fucking oh, barrel. So people are getting laid off. People like, you know, we're talking about people who have been working in the industry for a while. Right. And oddly enough, you know, they were like, hey, listen, you know what? We know that there's a bunch of changes about to happen with this company, but, you know, we, we, we super value what you guys do. And what we want to do is we want to kind of create this street team for like, as the company is like when the two companies merge. Right. So it's kind of like, essentially they wanted to keep the street team. But what they wanted to do is they wanted to keep the guys that were doing MCA sort of uh, Geffen and Interscope sort of labels. Okay. Which was Fudge, which was um, uh, Carlito Stylus. I don't know if you remember. He, he, yeah. Of course, right? Like he was all... Well, Cordy's brother. That's exactly. Brother. 
So I'm not sure he was. Actually, I think he was doing the polygram stuff with us. Well, anyways, long story short, is they wanted to kind of amalgamate the two, right. put them all in uh, one lane, keep the street team. And it was then when they were like, okay, well, you know, maybe we need somebody to kind of run it all. And remember, because I knew these the guys on the other street team from the parties I used to throw because they used to come to my parties. Like I said, I used to invite everybody. The network. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Uh, Basically, they kind of voted me in to be sort of the head of it, meaning like, you know, they wanted to have one guy who kind of all the information kind of funnel through within the two teams and I sort of got voted into that. Right. Meaning as, I guess maybe because of just having a little bit of management skills from like, promoting parties you got to learn how to sort of you know manage things you know business and so forth and so that's kind of how it it sort of all started and and at that point that was sort of the birth of universal urban Uh. so at the time like now i'm thinking it was sort of myself it was kevin kamoya ash and my man tim dog and carlito stylus who was running on the we were doing the polygram stuff right it was my man fudge uh who happens to be kamoya's cousin as well Mm -hmm. and jedi kevin barton who's and ray mcintosh who was uh, Ray Mac? Who was working on the uh, on the MCA yes, yes. stuff? Right. right. So literally, when we all teamed up, they kind of voted me in to be the head of the sort of like the street team. Ray McIntosh was doing uh, a pro- promotion, DJ promotion, like meaning he was the guy responsible for servicing the music right. for all the DJs. And Jedi Kevin Bart was sort of the head of the department, so to say. So now that the company had merged, all of a sudden they were like, "Hey, listen, you know what? We're gonna kind of." give these guys a little bit of an area inside the building to kind of just have you know whatever to like you know rather than me go picking up the posters at the reception now it's like oh i actually get to go inside the building yeah and and actually kind of sort of see you know what it's kind of like right and so and now mind you and i gotta kind of go back a bit um and I hope I'm not fucking boring anybody here, but just to put a no, bit of context no. into all this. No, let you back in the learn, day, yeah, back in the days when I used to do a lot of throw up a lot of parties and I rolled hard with bag of tricks, mm-hmm. we used to go to New York City every year for uh, what was called the Rocksteady anniversary. So the yeah, Rocksteady yeah, yeah, crew yeah. was a, obviously a legendary, legendary. boy crew, you know, which they would hold their annual Rocksteady anniversary, and. I used to, we used to go to this, and I'll tell you the first time I went to it, what it is, it, it was basically an outdoor jam right. with just, and it was a free jam where it was just all B-boys, graffiti writers, MC, they would have wow. live like concerts free at Rocksteady Park, and it wow. was just like all about the culture, you know what I mean, B-boy, like you name it, right, yeah, DJs, yeah. everything, and it was, and while I used to go to these events every year, like, you just get super inspired, right? Because <coughs> New York is the mecca, right? Like, sure. You know what yeah, I mean? Shit. Especially at that time in the <coughs> early 90s where, like, Wu-Tang was just coming out. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. You know, like, and other groups like that I remember seeing perform that would be, like, like Channel Live, like, you know, oh, yeah, Karis, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, that sort of era oh, of, wow. of shit that was, like, you know. And so going to these events, and I'm sure a lot of people who have attended these events would, would attest it was, like, it was just very inspiring, you know what I mean, to me specifically. Matter of fact, it was those events that I would go to that really inspired me to throw the parties I used to throw back in Toronto that were very much surrounded around the culture. So where I'm going with this is, while I would take those trips, and you know, once you go to New York, once it's like, you know you got to, it's the city, right? You just, you gotta, you're not gonna just go once, you gotta kinda almost be consistent. what I also used to do because I was a DJ again, an aspiring DJ. I used to at the time I used to cold call record labels. 
mm. um, to get free records, right? Because uh, for I used to also DJ on college radio, right? Okay. So, so I would I would call up labels not only in Canada but labels in the U.S. to just get free promo vinyl, right? To, yeah. say, to get on their mm-hmm. mailing list. And so, and one of the record labels that I used to get out of the U.S., one of the first labels was Arista Records at the time, which was sort of under the BMG, I guess, moniker, yeah. um, slash Bad Boy at the time when Bad Boy was just launching it. Oh. And so, what? one of the so very... So, you must have some sick vinyl. Oh, hell yeah, 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 yeah. So, oh, you got some so sick vinyl. I remember I would all hold the all these Biggie people. Records. Yeah. And then what happened was, like, going to my stories is, like, when we would go to the Rocksteady anniversaries... Those would always happen over a weekend. That's why it's Rocksteady Weekend, right? Mm. So what would happen is normally on my first few trips, you know, I would go there, I'd come in on a Friday, and I'd leave by like the Monday morning or the Sunday night. Yeah. But as I started to go to New York a lot more, I realized, hey, you know what? I want to stay here a little longer. So I remember specifically it was this one trip that I did. Now, this is before I'm working at the labels, right? I took a trip to New York and I said, I'm going to extend my trip. I'm not going to leave on a Sunday. I'm actually going to leave on a Tuesday. Why? Because remember, record labels are not open on the weekends, right? right? Like it's business hours, right? Yeah. So what I did was these guys who I had only known over the phone, right? Like mm. that I would call at specifically at this one, which is Arista Records. Right. Um, I told this man that I, I was going to be in New York. Like, and I was going to be there on the Monday and a Tuesday. Can I actually come in and see you and meet you in person? And, of course, this man was like, hell yeah, come on through. Because awesome. he was already giving me vibe because I, I, was, I was doing college radio. Yeah. And I kid you not, one of the most incredible things to me to this day is I, and this is what sort of, like, really got me was every time I would call my guy who worked, who was doing, he was doing promote, he was doing like DJ servicing for Arista slash Bad Boy Records at the time. Really? College radio. That's what he was doing. College mix show is what he was doing. Every time I would call this man and I got his answering machine, mm. his answering machine was Biggie Smalls on the answering machine saying like, it was going on, you reached Pierre's phone, he's not wow. here right now because he's busy working my records. That was his answering machine. Wow. And I thought, this crazy. is shit, right? So anyways, wow, that's awesome. like, yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, oh my God, this guy's got like Biggie Smalls on it's his fucking answering machine, right? Answering machine. So finally, this guy invites me out to his office because I happened to be uh, one of these weekends where I was, I was extending my trip. And it was the very first time that I had officially walked into a record label, mm. specifically a record label in the U.S., right? And now I'm already inspired by going to these fucking rock steady event. I just saw like all these fucking acts perform for free. I've seen the best b-boys from around the world. I've seen the best graffiti writers that are just fucking all hanging out in one cipher just showing notebooks of tags that they're doing. And of course just MCs in general and so forth. And I literally walk into this label and the first one he comes out to agree I've never met this guy in my life and we didn't have FaceTime or none of that bullshit yeah. there, right? Like we just it's just phone. So you don't necessarily finally you put a face to the name. I remember this man walked out to greet me. This man was dressed in literally like a sweatsuit. He was not even wearing she was walking around the office in his socks. It says come into his office and I remember like there being vinyl just stacked up all over the walls. There were plaques, there were turntables, there were speakers, there were TVs in this man's office. And I said, that was the day that I said, man, outside if this DJing thing doesn't really work out, I really want to be behind the scenes, you know, because this is kind of looks interesting. And uh, that moment there was like where it kind of sort of, you say, they say you get that moment in life, you you get the eureka moment. And I think that was one of the moments for me. 
uh, where it kind of dawned on me where I was like, okay, now when I get back to Toronto, like I really, really just want to, 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 to strive to get this. So now going back, fast forwarding now when, you know, working at the label, doing sort of part-time stuff with Polygram, like this contract work, when we finally amalgamated and now I'm inside it, it's starting to, you're starting to see things, right? It's yeah, like, yeah. These are things that I'm yeah, recognizing, but it's happening here, right? And literally for me personally, all I really wanted to do is I had asked Kevin Barton, Jedi at the time, I was like, listen, you know, I know I'm only supposed to come here twice a week just to go pick up posters and, and put them on the street, but I would love to come in more just to be a fly on the wall. And if you can, just give me a computer here. Just give me some, because I'm sure you have some spare computer that I can even share with someone, just so I can write out full reports for you and put down ideas. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, like, absolutely, no problem. And what that did was really just was me more finessing a, a way to get into the building <laughs> yeah. and just be surrounded about around. Finessing. You know what I mean? That's finessing, a Toronto word. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I think for me, that was kind of where I got my sort of, okay, now I'm in the building. And I'm trying to be a fly on the wall here, and at the same time I would it, because remember I wasn't I wasn't per se worried. I mean you DJ and you DJing at night, you know what I mean. And sure. I, and in the daytime I had I, I didn't have a day job at the time, um, and so it just gave me that opportunity to be in an environment where I could kind of ask questions, you know what I mean. Yeah. And, and and you know coming in from two days started to become no he's coming in three days and he's coming in four days oh all of a sudden this guy seems to be here every day and remember i'm not on their payroll i'm just on i'm just getting contract work sort of the same thing yeah but what i will say because we are here and in this environment right now with all the weed at the time and wisdom knows this like i i, I used to you know hustle weed at the same time yeah. and so as the street yeah. team whenever axe would come into town and and one particular tour that came into town around the time that I first started was the Hard Knock Life tour mm. that came into Toronto and I remember the the publicist at the time uh, who by the way I'm still friends not, no longer works there but was the publicist she had told me that you know at the time they were doing a big press conference it was like Jay-Z, DMX, DJ Clue, yeah. Method Man, Red Man and she was like listen uh, a lot of the guys on the tour they want to get weed and she's just like and, well, who do we talk to well let's talk to the street team you know what i mean yeah. and literally was like come to me and i used to sort of sell weed to like the artists that would come into that town and that also gave me the opportunity to start meeting some of the artists at the same because now you're backstage oh, at these shows sure. right i can completely relate to that right story. exactly yeah. Yeah. And, and so can i yeah exactly <laughs> and, and i think so it's these little moments that start to happen and it just starts to define things in your career that you start to think about yeah. and it just starts to all make sense because I remember um, at the time one of the artists had told the publicist who happened to be a friend being like, yeah, like we just want to deal with those guys, like the street team guys because they're the ones that seem to be the most in the culture and I think to this day it's sort of still like that. If you talk to artists right now, uh, especially like like artists today that that are dealing with labels a lot of them like like you know they have like college reps for example like yeah. like those are actually some of the most relevant people that you really want to be talking yeah, to because they're, they're, the, they're the, a consumer yeah and they're the closest to the culture yeah. you know what i mean so yeah it that that's kind Most of a, a, a a tidbit i just wanted to put out there yeah, and 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 with you bonita right yes sir you've been always with the fashion right because that's always something that goes in hand in hand we got to be looking fresh while we spit in these verses you know what i'm yes, saying yes. Yep. and at the parties and everything so you've been working with guests um you know what i'm saying 
tell me about that. Tell me about the, your work with the fashion, with the fashion stuff. Nike, New Era. Yeah. Well, yeah. I like. Um, well, it started for me because you know what I mean. Like, um, I, I always because we're on the street team. Talk. I always thought that the street team. There is a stigma to the word street team, and like I even said, we were always on the bottom of the totem pole, right? So when it came to that shit, I was like, Nah, man, I'm not. I'm not. Don't look at me as a poster boy or just a sticker flyer guy. I'm more than that, you know what I mean? So I, I had to reshape the way people thought of what the street team was supposed to do. So, um, you know, I, I said street, concrete, asphalt, team, family, regime, government, you know what I mean? It's more of like, we're like, we're beyond the street team, we're an asphalt regime. Okay. You know? And um, when it came to um, clothing and stuff like that, like um, Ivan could attest to this because you know, you know, I was the first person in the building to be like, you know what, we need to start selling clothes on merchandise. Right? Hell yeah! Like actually yeah, for the label. Sell- yeah. Yeah, and 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 um, like it was just because you know, like like anybody in the hip hop game, you want to be fly, you want to stay for sure. fly, and you want exclusive shit. You want to stand you know? up. This is like we're we're giving out exclusive records. Why can't the same people that give out exclusive records like create generate a different income for the company and give out more exclusive shit you know what i mean for sure so you know, i always it was always about exclusivity for me for everything that we did you know what i mean whether it's like the clothes that i wear the the, the, the cds that i have for you you know what i mean the, the songs as a dj the songs that were that were playing you know, you want the exclusive shit. You want to be the first person to put people on to search. Yeah, you want to break so records, was, for sure. Yeah, you want to break records. And so I didn't want to only just break records. I wanted to break I wanted to break bread. For sure. Hell yeah. <laughs> wrong, nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with wanting to break bread, or as Friday would say, is get that bag. Get the bag. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Get the bag. You know, and um, and um, Ivan always would always... You know what I mean? Like Ivan always had this this um, this saying, like you're only as good as your last hit. Mm-hmm. You're only as good as your last hit. Always, tough, you're yeah. only as good as your last hit. Like yeah, you killed the strip, but what else did you do? You know what I mean? And you know, so I was always like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. And I wanna I wanna do shit where I feel like I'm not compromising myself and my validity in the streets. I guess you could say. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, sure. So I was like, yo, let's just do fashion. You know, let's. Let's hit up these these companies and start getting. You know, I'm not. I wouldn't be the first person to say I was getting sponsorships, but you know, myself and a partner of mine, Daniela Etienne. Hell yeah! You know, we the first lady shape shifted, <laughs> shape shifted the way we got shit in that building. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we were like vultures getting shit, and it was friendly competition between me and her. You know what I mean? And like, yo, like this is what I got. She'd be like, yeah, that's what you got. Oh, this is what I got. So when you see a guest, the guest um, promos and like if I was doing anything for like Marcianos and those type of companies, I have to give it up to Daniela Etienne. You know what I mean? She would be the person to be like, I got this this um, sponsorship, and then I would come behind her and just be like, you know what? Let's hustle. Let's figure out more than one way to get to get to get this paper. Let's break bread together. You know yeah. what I mean? Let's really get this money. And Ivan was. Like a forefather, and I always supported whatever we did, 
And he would just be like, yeah, if that's what you want to do, then, then let's figure out a way to do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you guys are crazy, but I feel you. You know what I mean? Let's do it. Let's get it. So when it comes to the clothes, I always wanted to be in my own clothes. Like I, I saw Juice Rochester in his own fucking New Era hat, and I looked at fucking yeah. Shane Sterling, and I said to him, I'm like, what the fuck, B? I need my own fucking hat. Fuck this. And he was like, you know what? You're right. Here. Shane Sterling was the man who hooked me up with this uh, new era and said, this is this is the guy that I deal with. You guys, you know what I mean? If you want to do your own shit, talk to him. And um, me, Ivan, and Jay Swift. And Dude, Cousin Joe's. We can't forget Cousin Joe's. Cousin Joe. Yeah, Joe's, yeah. Cousin Joe's. Cousin Joe's, I haven't seen him in crazy long. No, you're absolutely right. No, man, that's my brother like. And we all drove down there. Buffalo. To the head office, yeah. Started making hats, like, and that was the end. That was the beginning of it. So we started making hats, and um, you know, the first hat that we designed were um, the area barcode. Yeah. Mm. The universal urban ones, yeah. Universal urban hats, yeah. Hold on, one second. Like, I think I got it, like right here too. Of course you do. Let me just grab this hat, show you guys this universal urban. Oh, that's the wow. back of it right there. That's the back old back school back. right there. Yes, he still got it. it that's amazing. Barcode, so if you look, you know what I mean? Like, you look closely. The num 416. The area codes right yeah. there and all that stuff. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. That's dope. You know what I mean? And, and for me, that was my way of saying, you know what? Like, this is my stamp on whatever Ivan and Kamoya and Jones and, 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 and Junior and Jedi built, and this is this is my stamp on it. This is what makes us different. This is how. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, so it started with the hats, and then it just ended up with just us doing clothes, and we actually were the first department to actually start selling shit online. In the entire building, that's correct. Really, because they weren't selling nothing online. Yeah, this is before online was a popular thing. Oh, yeah, this is way before. That's when online was still called going on the internet. (laughs) 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 You you gotta dial up. Yeah, it wasn't just like, oh, let's just go online and just Just dial up. (laughs) Trust me. Yeah, yeah, dial up. There was no uh, direct, you know what I mean? It was no Wi Fi. I want to use the internet. Yep. What do you mean I can't get a call for three hours? So, like, let's get into artists. <laughs> now, y'all have been able to work with a lot of artists through different street team um, promotions as well as um, promotion parties and stuff like that, like, you know, album release parties and different things like that. You get to meet artists, get, going to the shows and different things like that. But as far as, like, with Canadian artists, mm. like, for example, first Drake Encounter. Both of y'all. So let's start with you, Ivan. What's your first Drake encounter? Like the first level of like I've seen him, in, like physically in front of me. Type like, thing yeah, or? the first time meeting him in his level. Like what level yeah. he was at in the game when you first met him. Uh, I, well, when I first met him, you know, he had come through the office, um, and like honestly, this and it was funny. It's so weird because I was just talking to somebody about this today. Is is like he literally came into the building, and uh, and, and regardless of that. This guy knew. He knew that he was going to be fucking massive. Like, uh-huh. you know what I mean? And and not in the sense that like he was like 
like bragging or like obnoxious or any, no like this is just a guy who clearly had a vision at least from what i saw mm. and just knew that he was going to be successful and while made people what he some people might have thought this guy is out of his fucking mind yeah you know what i mean there's just that genius that you just knew that no this guy's actually knows exactly what he's talking and is about to do it regardless if anybody yeah. believes him or not and you know i remember at the time he had come in and you know this was before he had done the the i know what he was talking about he was going to get ready to do the 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 the, the songs joint the right? is mine. uh or the one the one that shirt that the one uh, that stay, shane sterling is it sterling did the video for successful girl. yeah no no it's uh no, it's replacement, girl. replacement girl replacement girl oh, okay. right and it just like and 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 my 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 at least my view of this of, of drake was just hey here's a guy who you know regardless of what if you judge him based if he's on a television show or not like whatever like He's fucking talented. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? He's talented and more. He's 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 driven. You know what I mean? And this is these are things that I, for sure, recognized in him as a guy who just like, who just believed that this was you know what I mean in himself and and was going it was determined to go and get it yeah. regardless of what people said. And he seemed to, you know, and I and and he, and one thing that I always found about it was he's just a he seemed like a very super like articulate dude. You know what I mean? Like just a whether that's just from having experience from media training maybe from acting or whatnot mm-hmm. like he's somebody who was to me as seemed like a very always a, a, an intriguing person like yeah. you can you can say what you want but i knew like i i always thought he was talented and what i also appreciated with him was just his love for just sort of like the underground shit like like you know like he was talking like you know uh Ninth Wonder. He was talking like like the backpack shit. You yeah. know what I mean? That like you know he's a student of that. And even if you pay close attention to some of his, you know he'll 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 make references to shit. Then he's just a. So I I always appreciate that too. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like just yeah. people who just kind of know good quality shit. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure if you fucking ask Drake about Dilla, he'll be able to tell you about Dilla. Yeah. Where a lot of people who listen to his probably music, you'd be like Dilla. They'd be like who? You know what I'm saying? So this is true. So that those are those are certain things that I could definitely say in terms of my first encounter with him. And what about you, Wiz? What was your first encounter with Drake? My first encounter with Drake was a little more personal. I didn't like not the first time I met him, but my first encounter with him was uh, like uh, a girl that he was in love with. You know what I mean? That he raps a, a certain amount of songs with on his first two couple of his albums and stuff like that was. Um, one of my best friends who I call my cousin, his, red God rest the dead, rest in peace, Julian, his little sister, you know what I mean? And she would always talk about his, her friend, Aubrey, you know what I mean? Like Aubrey, Aubrey. And um, so like he, she would play his shit. The first time I heard it was the first mixtape, Southern Smoke, I think it was. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, so, and I- This is I like way back. Was, <coughs> yeah, I thought that was, sheer genius like i i heard that mixtape and i'm like you know what this guy is sick you know he has a, like a at that time he had like the little brother flow you know what i mean like you know he was like yeah, it sounded like he came from ninth wonders camp or something you know what i mean mm-hmm. so um you know I, I but the first time i met him um i think he, he did come to the office the first time i met him was at the office and i was working at that time during the times that he would 
like try to shop his shit and he knew that he would be the shit and he would regardless of whatever the label said because the labels would shut down every Canadian artist like everything every hip hop artist like labels would shut that shit down and he would just be like you know what I'm gonna make it and his barber was my barber at the time too you know and his barber basically was like his I swear to god is his biggest fan you know what I mean um mm. what's his barber um J J Fresh, something. J Mac, J Mac is his barber, and uh, that was my barber at the time. And, and every time the man is cutting my hair, he would just tell me about Drake. He would keep telling me about Drake. Yo, this Drake. Yo, my my boy Drake. He's gonna kill it. He's gonna kill it. And I one thing I have to give to Drake is that, you know, he may forget your name, but he never forgets a face. You know what I'm saying? And even to this day, when when I see him and like the success that he has, he'll see me and actually. You know what I mean? Come beside me, be like, "Yo, Josh, what's up? Yo, you good? Ray, 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 yeah. You know, good to see you. You know, keep it moving." But the fact that he always remembers and never really forgets yeah. is a testament to like to like his hustle and the fact that he doesn't forget where he comes from. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but definitely, yeah, man. That's that's the first time I I, I met Drake. You know, it was at the office, but you know, um, he he has surpassed anything that I have ever thought any Canadian artist could do, to tell you the truth. You know what I mean? I never thought a man from Toronto would be the biggest thing in the music industry, period. Period. You know what I'm saying? Like, what big period. What is it, 430 something weeks biggest, on Billboard? Not biggest mm -hmm. pop star, but like, period. All over the world, he's the biggest yeah. artist in the world. And that, to me right there, is just like, like, it brings more joy to me than me actually working for a record label. You know what I'm saying? It's just to see somebody make it. You know? So, like, yeah, let's keep talking about these Toronto artists. Yeah, man. Like, okay, so staying in with, like, yeah. artists and, and, and our local artists, you um, had involvement with Jazz Carche's career in the beginning, no? I, I manage him to this day, actually. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> sick. Yeah, so since... The, yeah. I, I, <coughs> so I, you're yeah. always all over the fucking place in this because you're with jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so when work. you were when they did sway in the morning, you yeah, were over yeah, there with yeah, him. Yeah, we well, yeah, actually, I've, I, yeah, I've been managing him for the last five years now. So nice. when mm -hmm. did you meet jazz? Because I was speaking to JB. He mm -hmm. said that he was working with yeah, jazz so before. JB from before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So shout out JB GCP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, so you know prior guests on our show yeah yeah yeah, yeah so mm -hmm. he's obviously a legend in the city so mm -hmm. yeah he had been working with him prior but uh i met him you know maybe about well at least it was brought to my attention by my then intern at the time okay uh who who actually to this day is no longer an intern but still works with closely with me as well so he was the one who had actually i had heard about jazz originally through jb okay and this was years way years before um uh, but then it wasn't that until years later that his name came back up to me. This is when Jazz was just about to graduate from high school. So he was at boarding school at the time in Connecticut. Right. And so my intern slash assistant at the time was friends with him as well. And, and I had remembered the name, but he was kind of saying, oh, no, he's been working on some stuff recently. And mm -hmm. so he's the one that kind of brought him to my attention again. Uh, but Jazz at the time was in boarding school in Connecticut. And so we had sort of had sort of little phone conversations here and there, but I never really had the chance to actually really sit with him until finally he graduated from school. Mm. And he was then, 
you know, made the choice to kind of move back to Toronto. And, you know, I mean, we can go into his whole sort of story, you know, detail, but without having to do all that at the time, his family at the time were living back in Houston. And so he was sort of had this choice of like, you know, do you go back to back Houston, to Houston. Or, or, or are you going to go to college in Chicago at this point where he had also been accepted into college out there? Um, and he said, well, you know, I just like what's happening and I see in Toronto. I always like Toronto. And, and Jazz at the time, you know, Jazz, for those who know, he's uh, his stepfather works for the uh, U.S. State Department. Oh, wow. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So he as a child like you know he traveled around he traveled around sort of you know and like from everywhere from like you know Dubai to Kuwait to wow. to Atlanta to Idaho to you know to you name it right so he's very well traveled so by the time he was ready to graduate high school he had made the decision to kind of move to Toronto with not really having any immediate family because their immediate family was living in Houston I believe at the time um, so he moves into Toronto, and that's where him and I finally got to really sort of meet in person. And it was in that time there where, you know, I got a chance to kind of really kind of like take him to like, you know, proper studios, yeah, you, know, at least, yeah, yeah. you know, to at least to try to, yeah. because I had heard his music. And it, I was, I, again, it was one of those things where I was actually impressed with his music given and just like he had bars to me like you know yeah, what I mean especially nice. especially at that age you know what I mean he's, I'm, I'm a lot older than Jazz but at the same time it's like he uh, he just impressed me you know yeah. what I mean from a, just a sheer talent thing and and I felt like you know there was something there but like I said until I actually got to sort of sit with him and kind of put him in a sort of studio environment at least what a proper studio environment you know what I mean um is where I really kind of sort of saw a lot of the talent. And then at that point, um, you know, I, I just in those talks and planning out strategies of, of what he sort of saw his career to be, yeah. that's where it kind of all started. And I, you know, started managing and I, I've been managing to this day. Go, go. And that's just a whole other story, but, but I wanted to kind of just give you the sort of... No, that's... that's the Cole's notes of it all. That's something that's awesome. that people need to know because... Yeah. Jazz is somebody who is blowing up out of, out of Toronto. People know Tory Lanez, people yeah. know Drake, and people know Jazz Cartier. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah. So it's, it's awesome. definitely important information for people to know. Mm -hmm. um, now, with you, um, Wisdom, now, you've dealt with so many artists over the years, right? You've popped up in all these different videos and stuff like that. <laughs> What's your opinions on that Sword of Judas documentary that dropped a few months ago? tracks with him you know what I'm saying that guy was my friend and my thoughts on it is like bro you fucked up so bad that you're, it's resorted to this and I, I feel bad for you you know what I'm saying like I still got mad love for you but you know shit man you put yourself in a predicament where you would have to either you know stand tall and you know do a good few ticks in there or fold and get out and be where you are and live how you're living you know what i'm saying so you know my thoughts on that man is i just feel bad that he put himself in a predicament where you know he's not in he's not mentioned in the fuck in in the top mcs of, of toronto you know what i'm saying because he was well on his way to become one 
know, and um, like if you did the history, yeah, I was I was a, a part of that movement for a long time, and you know, and you you see the videos, and I some of the videos I was right beside him. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. When that shit hit the when that shit hit the fan, my mom was like, "Yo, is on the news, saying his government name and shit." You know what I'm saying? Like seeing his picture and just knowing that. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, damn, like. You know, but like everybody makes their own choices. Everybody sleeps in the bed. Yep, that for sure. He know. made his he choices. Got, he has to yeah. lay in that bed. Yeah, yeah, he made his choices, man. So, you know, I'm, I, I feel bad that he made the choices that landed him in the position that he's in right now, man. So, you know, I said, I, if he's listening, I said love to him. Tell him, you know, I still love that guy. You know what I mean? And he did what he had to do to, to, to live the way he's living right now. And that's his problem. That's his life, not mine, you know? Well, it is what it is. Yeah, every man has to live by the choices they make. Now, yeah, but a, I, won't, I, won't, I, would, I would never, like, do another song with him again. Yeah, he's kind of he's kind of put off the off list. There's a video that I have up um, on my YouTube channel right now saying, can a snitch make an album, right? And the question was because there's so many different artists that have dealt with controversy in the past, like the Rick Rosses and the and the TIs, and they've been able to go past it, right? And it's not the same situation, but situations where they've had touchy things with the law and the streets kind of questioned it, and they're like, they found different PR ways, whether the 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 labels helped them clean it up or you know they just found ways to clean it up. You know what I mean? Like TI had to go through all these different community services, and people were on his ass, so that whole thing was like a think piece on like can somebody in these days can survive and make an album and people buy it you know what i'm saying one thing i wanted yeah. to ask about is these different things that happen in the industry now you guys are in the labels there's been all these different cutbacks that's happened and now the internet is taking over streaming all that shit is taking over okay yep so there's all these different new terms that have popped up mindy Mindy artist, okay. So a Mindy artist. Yeah, inform, please educate. This is an artist that's supposed to be independent, but they're actually on a major. Twenty One Savage, for example, <coughs> for a long time, everybody he was saying he was independent on his mixtape prior to the album that dropped out uh, that just dropped now is an album, but he wasn't independent actually at the time. He was already signed. Right? Where are you getting these facts from? These are just, these are, you know, I, right. I, I do my research. All right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So these are things that are popped up in the industry. Do you experience these types of things in the office? Well, I I mean, I think, I, like, I do know the term that you're talking about and stuff mm-hmm. like so that. It's a real term? Well, I think it's a term that was sort of, that's just an acronym. The bloggers and stuff like that. So like major indie. You know, yeah, I, and, and I can't speak to any particular artist like 21 Savage's no, thing but sure. you know I think at the same time I think over time labels at the same time have understood you know you know I've, I've seen what's happened you know what I mean where you know there was a time and where you know the, you gotta think about what the labels in general have just gone through in the last 15 years yeah right like let's just put that into perspective for a minute you know what I mean in terms of just like you're going from you know what 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 wisdom said earlier was a time when like it was like they were fucking printing money at one time you know what i mean where it was just like budgets are just like going to 
once the digital age comes and literally your <coughs> business model is almost uh, <coughs> taken, like the rug is just taken up, pulled under, from, pulled under, from yeah. under you. And, and you know, um, I think there's just been times where, you yeah. know, the label's not necessarily always to their fault, but have just been trying to just kind of keep up and adapt with what's happening, you know, in the, in the world in terms of, um, in terms of just technology and how it's you know how it's made music so that much more accessible and without harping on it too long going back to your point i think you know at some point there was a point where you know labels were there was a time when let's like let's just get what sticks to the wall because like our business is like who knows what's going you know it's yeah. a wild west right now and it's almost like they needed to kind of just kind of their like development went out the fucking window yeah and to some degree some might argue that that's still a problem you know, right. artist development. Right. Okay. You know what I mean? But there's no money for it. Right? Well, and and, and that's a whole other thing. I haven't worked for the label, eh? I haven't worked for the label. <laughs> yeah. This is why no, but, but no, no, but this is... People want to know. I still work for the label talk yeah. right now, okay? So, yeah. so I'll give you the real shit when I've been done this point. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like... No, and, and you know, and so my whole thing is, is like, there came a point where, like, as the labels were, so to say, trying to catch up with stuff, all of a sudden, you know, like... You start seeing these artists who are coming out that are literally just putting out music for free online, mm. right? And yes. and yes. And, so, and 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 to, to, to what I'm gonna say, even if they are signed to a major label, they would put out the shit without the label, like just throw it out there, fucking. Just release it. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Right. So there was a time where I felt, or at least I witnessed for a fact that, like, even me working at the label, I'm watching what what artists were doing like including artists like Drake like putting out mixtapes putting out music for free literally building a fan base, a fan base organically mm -hmm. and doing it with like their own money if they even had money do you know what I'm saying yeah and, and the reality of it all of a sudden you know you started seeing artists tour off of music that was given out for, for free, free. Yeah. So from a record yeah. label standpoint where you're sort of known as this traditional way of doing things, all of a sudden like, you know, one would argue that a label's probably looking at this and saying, "Wait a minute." Like, okay. So we're there's these artists who are just giving yeah. out the music for free and they're building a fan base and they're slowly developing themselves. We're the label who are technically supposed to be the ones with the money. Yeah. All of a sudden like and yet you know we're trying to recover from this whole thing that's happened in the music industry like at some point they had to look at that and say wait a minute what the fuck are we doing wrong here you yeah. know what i mean and it's it really comes down to artist development and so like you said there's you know sometimes labels are like at least you know where we've seen it where they were never really there's not that much artist development going on where like at least compared to what people know as what real artist development is where they would test shit they'll do it they'll work it for like they'll work it for years if they have to just to kind of <coughs> but, but remember like you got to think it from a business standpoint too it's like well, we got to make this money we, what do you mean yeah. give the shit out for free what yeah, are you yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what the fuck just put us here you know yeah, what i mean like yeah, yeah. with this whole thing so it's kind of this weird sort of situation but at the end of the same at the same time but this is the way the world is moving yeah. so when you talk about the majorly anything it's like I, I i don't see anything particularly wrong with that because i see it as like okay well guess what like if we're if 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 if, if the if the major label system has to adapt to the way that these kids are doing then yeah, you better fucking do it because guess what? 
that shit's gonna happen anyways. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you either fucking adapt, sink or swim, sink or swim, right? Yeah, and it's sure. like, okay, so maybe art labels need to look at it and say, hey, listen, we need to take an artist, you know, that may not necessarily be a fucking superstar yet, may not have like, you know, a massive fan base yet, but has, you know, the potential to to to, to be something, mm-hmm. and. Maybe we need to fucking follow that model and, yeah. and, and, and and support any way we can in terms of giving them enough money to create the content to give up for free. Take the noose off of the fucking... You know, and, 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 and build the fan base. Yeah. And it's just the idea yeah. of like, you know what, because labels were so used to like money in, money out, which is like, okay, we're going to go put out fucking money today. Let's go see the return on our investment this afternoon. Yeah. Well, guess what? Yeah. Not even tomorrow. Like, the, the times have fucking changed. It just doesn't happen like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's now, it's like, it's getting them to think, well, guess what? You may not make your fucking money back this afternoon, but if we develop it and we put the resources into it, matter of fact, if we actually don't even look like we're a fucking part of it, because remember, you all think about how times are changing too. Like the Good. perception of like a major label and all this is to some, this is the thing. There's also just a, a, a huge number of people that just don't actually understand how it actually really works, right? The label. They'll be like, oh, fuck the label. Like, you know, I'm still a strong believer that, like, regardless of the artist, that they're, like, any successful fucking artist, there's some sort of major label involvement somehow in there. Doesn't mm. happen necessarily, mean, but there's somehow is involved. I kid you not. You and, that's, I mean? and that's the shit that I'm trying to. You know what I mean? So where I was going back with what I'm saying is now the times have changed where it's like, okay, guess what? We might not make the money back this afternoon because that's what we're so used to. But and because the labels were in this scurry of like, what do you mean? Like we just our business just crumbled. We need to make we need to make money back now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, now it's like, well, well, yeah, well, now it's like, now it's about, okay, well, no, maybe if we actually support this stuff and invest, and it doesn't have to be massive things, because remember, these artists aren't huge yet, but they're yeah, enough to they're just, building. Get, and remember, these kids are smarter now, they're, you're, they're a lot more creative, they're, make, they're making I, music, I, yeah, I say something though, yeah, I say something because, like, I think, like, being at the label for so long and seeing it, there is a problem at within the infrastructure of the Canadian music industry. Absolutely. You know, and I think that the fact that in America, a young, ambitious, a young big eyes could go in there and land an executive job within a couple of years because of the work that you put in and the shit that you're actually producing. You know, in the infrastructure of the Canadian industry up here, it's like you can't even get even close to that level yet because you have not done 10 years like this person's done and this person's done 30 years and you know what like the fact that all these people that are doing 30 years and 10 years and the fact that you're saying these young kids are smarter they're not giving these young kids a chance mm-hmm. they're not they're, they're like the labels aren't taking chances the labels you know aren't taking saying? chances down there in the states either they're, but they're, they're yeah. taking less chances over here, and I, I, I well, agree with that. Yeah, I think, well, what I, you know, and I don't want to sound like the political person, but what I will say, especially from the time that, you know, Wiz and I worked together, like, I've seen significant changes that are, you know, like, the problem with this country to begin with was just, was always a resource thing. Mm. You know, we don't, the resources just 
don't exist yeah you know what i mean like in terms of like compared to like let's like you guys know like radio alone like let's just start there like there's there's never been an urban landscape of radio in this country to begin with right we're in the in 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 the u.s that's like everywhere Everywhere. you know what i mean so so it's there's a there's there's a lack of resources to begin with what i will say though and, and and is that i feel because times are changing um and i could speak specifically to universal mm-hmm. right is i have seen a major shift in our employees in terms of just the, the generation now because right. they are a lot younger now is what i will say but i think they're also a lot younger now it's just because you know uh that, that that's just what it is right like that's like i walk in there some people think of me as like wow this guy's been around forever but and i will tell you this and i kid you not and it's the same story that wiz and i have like 95 percent of the people that i'm actually like interested or that i'm speaking to on a daily at that label mm-hmm. are like either the interns or like the, yep. the, the, the 23 year old kid that just got that just got a gig that's just you know putting stuff in why because they are the fucking smarter ones in my opinion they are the ones that are just the future of yeah. like the They're next time yeah but they to, to, but to Wiz's point when we were there like honestly like the urban department even though you know we we you know we 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 definitely got respect in there for sure but that was respect that we literally had to like fight and fight for you know what i mean and i think it yeah yeah but i think for sure they definitely respected that but i think now where it's like you have no fucking choice like any fucking label in general you have a fuck like what major label or like if you're not listening to like these younger kids right now that are like understand social media understand how they like to get music yeah. you got to think about the generation gaps right yeah, exactly. there was a time where at midnight at tuesday on tuesday at midnight at hmv there's a fucking lineup around the building to fucking buy a fucking wu-tang record or a gangstar record yeah. you know what i mean back at, at hmv on young street yeah. you know what I mean? people are lining up at now the shit is what are you talking about like, <laughs> they're, like now it's like bankrupt no like it's it's right here. What do you yeah. mean? I I I, I, you know Apple I mean? Music, and, Spotify. You know, so we're talking about like you were talking about like today when someone about about physical CDs and yeah, exactly. Just kids like, what are you talking about yeah, physical CDs? It's everything is digital. Yeah. So you know, without having to harp on the whole thing about you know about the different generation guys, I think we're I'm going all of it with 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 the majorly in the thing is like any fucking smart company in general major label has to look at that model that these younger kids that are proven that you're it's going working, out there yeah. and you're doing it and instead of be sort of against it's kind of adapt to it and figure how to get in the fucking game yeah, you know yeah, what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think that's where you're sort of starting to see where these younger like you know minded people that are working at the labels are looking at us like okay well listen you know maybe we need to kind of look at these artists invest in them to create the content that they're doing you know stay the fuck away from it like meaning in terms of let's not plaster the the record label name all over it give them just the tools that they kind of need to create and let them fucking do yeah, it let them build. you know what i mean and build it yeah. so to some degree it's actually you know I, I i don't i don't blame why you know when you talk about those majorly indie things it's like if I'm a fucking smart businessman and I see that artist that's doing it in a certain way and the way that I'm doing it is clearly not cool, 
or it's clearly not not the wave to do it, yeah. then you got to do it that then way. Then I got to do it that way, and I'd rather invest in artist development that way and let them do it the way they know how to do it. And the difference where I was trying to say earlier is it's like where we talk about you put out money now and you're trying to get it back this afternoon. No, it's about we're gonna put out the money. We're not gonna see the money back today. We might not see it back in a year. We might not even see it back in two, three years. But guess what? If we're doing it fucking right. Maybe in that third year or the fourth year, and maybe yeah. even now, wow. we're going to make it fucking 10 times the yeah. amount that we initially invested. So when you think about it like that, there's there's differences, right? Yeah. So It also brings me times. to something, and I want to, now that I've like picked you guys' brain of the history and different things like that, and we're getting into artists and, and the industry and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I want to wrap a little bit of our hip-hop tea stuff in, or our smoke and mirror stuff in. Yeah. But I don't want to bring a lot of the stuff up. Just some of those people that we're actually talking about. Yeah. Right? So like a guy like XX Tension, okay? <laughs> yeah. He's really hot in the media right now. Okay? You see his ascension. It's all been like independent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he had his SoundCloud that's been just pumping. Mad people listening to his SoundCloud, just mad free music. Right? He had the Look At Me Now track that yep. you know he claimed that Drake stole from him. And, yeah. and then that started a big controversy and then he had all this court cases and stuff right now he's dealing with a one of the court cases that has been come up that came up from the past that's finding like made its way to light that's making abuse. its way to the light the, the abuse case okay the abuse case yeah and him artists like famous Dex different all these nude independent guys right now with his case the woman is alleging that like he beat her in like ridiculous amounts of ways you know threatened to um to insert like pitchfork or a knife in her like like graphic shit you know what i'm saying beat her up in a bathtub all types of stuff and she had like pictures of her with like serious black eyes and stuff in exchange and this is also with our point right because kids are all on the internet with their phones going yeah. crazy and artists are doing their own promotion we don't have any development mm-hmm. anything like that what we were what we were talking about yeah right so his pr is him getting on instagram yeah i'm trying to fight mm-hmm. it through instagram right so when he gets on instagram yeah. he just starts talking whatever whether he's on whatever or he's just on being young and crazy because <laughs> that's he could he could be on nothing just be that yeah right? this young wave is just a different just a different wave it's a different wave and he spazzes out like you know um if you guys believe all the bullshit that people are saying then like you know just know that I'm gonna be the one that's fucking your aunt from behind and <laughs> I'm gonna be fucking on, your really? sisters when I'm on tour and, like just the most ridiculous crazy ways to it's respond ranting. Right. Yeah, like yeah, over and over and over and over again. Like, what do you guys think about like this? Like, from guys that came from the whole quick rise, like he's, yeah, it's like a fifteen minute plus type. I, I feel like the internet has given a lot of people who wouldn't. I'm not saying that he specifically is that, but like it's given a voice to a lot of people that don't even have. The mental capacity to speak for themselves. Mm. You know what I mean, and and um, like it shows even with the U.S. president. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it, like it's 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 gotten so deep that that um, these like these guys think that this this these rants that 
Kanye will do and that other artists will do is is it's it's entertaining. That's what it is. So they, what they're trying to do is they're still trying to entertain their fans, however they can get it. Like I, I'm gonna do it regardless. Like you know what I mean? I'm gonna entertain my fans. And I'm gonna say the craziest shit because that—that's what seems to be getting the most traction now. That's what's selling, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, because he's yeah, the most—he's he's popular as fuck. He sold like 80k or something like that in the first week or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And he technically did this independently. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's not yeah. the so-called industry plant. Well, right. how many episodes ago were we, we were talking about? He was like just up and coming. Like, wow, okay, he heard this now, and then bang, now he's like. As you say, he's out there. K in a day, you know what I'm saying? You know, like him, Uzi Vert, Uzi Vert sold the most, like 126k, and he was like right behind yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and you guys just came out of left field. And as an as a OG in the game, you listen to the music, and it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. But you can't even, you can't even rob them because, bro, like. I'm, t- I'm as a street nigga. I'm telling you, man. Like these are our kids. That, yo, man. If you're a street nigga, you were on the block. You were selling drugs to the to their moms and shit. You know what I mean? Like, like these kids are some some fucked up kids. It's true. Of the shit that we were doing in the, in our time. It's true. Man, it's true. Like, it's not. It's not even a lie. Yeah. And how and how are we? How are we as OGs in the game teaching these kids? What are we teaching them? Or are we even teaching them? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, some of them don't even want to be taught. You can't even reach out to them to try to teach them. Hey, it's, yeah. It's, no, I understand. I understand that wholeheartedly. But you know what, though? Like, there is somebody. You know what I mean? Like, we all want oh, for sure. somebody that we listen to. Oh, for yeah, sure. There's that know. one person. There's that one person. For some reason, they just yeah. listen to that gets to them. They just... They can relate, whatever it is. And even to like to stick with the whole artist development thing Theme. and the the the, 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 the the labels and all that stuff, Cardi B. Mm-hmm. Right? Now we got inner we got people who are Instagram popular or Instagram popping. Yeah. Um who blew up I from like other her. means. Cardi B's Cardi B's she's on fire. And and then she's doing her thing. I like how she she she's she's putting it together. Yeah. Right? But you got all these artists that they're not using label support to come up. Right. Right? Cardi B right now, she's in the process of getting speech classes. Right? <laughs> because the label, like, she signed to Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Right? They're starting to realize, okay, she's starting to get in front of different people. Now she's more of a household name. She, going, you might, she might be on the Ellen's and all those different types of shows. She can't be They want to smooth out her edges. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to smooth out her edges and give her a relaxed perm, you know? Listen, a hit song is a hit song. Okay, mm-hmm. let's just like, you know, there's, uh, I'm sure there's million opinions on everything we're talking oh, about right sure. now. But I think at the end of the day, you know, when you talk about artists, right, and if we're going to kind of focus in on that and regardless of social media or whatever medium it is you're using to promote your music, I mean, you know, there's, there are artists who are like career artists that are going to have a long successful career mm-hmm. and then there are certain artists that you know and I'm sure we all here can name at least five artists that had that moment you know what I mean and then you kind of like what happened yeah. you know what I mean so again I think 
you know, it really will always come down to the music, really, at the end of the day, on an artist of of, of a success of an artist, right? right? And their ability to stay consistent, no matter how they're putting their music out there, right? But if your consistency is key, like you, hey, you gotta have a good fucking product for one, for sure, because we've seen it a million times where you think that that artist has got one, and it's like they got that song, and then. What happened? What's the name? It just kind of fell off of that the cliff. And, and, and so it's not only just about getting those right records, but at the same time, it's and, and with the success, it's how do you, and you, I think you said at the beginning of, of, of this whole thing was, how do you sustain it? How do you maintain it? Yeah. How do you keep it going? That's a whole other thing, right? Because, you know, you know, now you're talking also about, you know, I'm not going to go into the whole philosophy of like what I think, you know, t- it takes to be a successful artist, but you got to think about that. Like there is a lot of, things involved with an artist's career to maintain success, right? It's like you gotta have the right song, you gotta have the right you gotta have the right team behind you, regardless of a label. Fuck yeah. it, okay, for two minutes. Fuck a label for two seconds. You have the right team behind you that understands it. And that artist themselves just have to be like most importantly, they gotta fucking work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like sure. there's a lot and the, and that's the other thing I think what you said uh, Josh earlier, I'm not sure who said it, but it's like the internet has allowed you to just like you said, just become popular like that, almost without no fucking work at all, except yeah. for like updating. Exactly, updating. you know what I mean. Like I'm, I'm super lit. Everybody likes my pick, so you know what? Let me drop an album. Right, you know what yeah. I mean. But I think when you start to look at like you know career artists, and you look at those successful artists who have to to this day that are still doing things, you know, like there's a there's a work ethic involved in that you know what i mean Most there's definitely. there's the the right records that keep coming out and there's a there's a strategy behind all that mm-hmm. this is the fucking music business people it's not the music fucking hobby i'll tell you that you know mm-hmm. what i mean <laughs> and i think that you know um and i don't want to go too off of, of the thing but when you start talking about you know these artists who just put stuff out but look look the reality is in this day and age that's how people are are, are consuming music for sure they you know like when when would you have ever thought that like I was just talking about how people used to line up to go to record stores and then it's like you know now I'm finding like now it's like don't even fucking sell me the music don't even talk to me about trying to sell me the music no I'm gonna find the music myself like yeah. I'm gonna discover it myself I'll find a way to I'll get it I'll find a way to get it and I'm gonna be the one to tell me if it's cool or not and if my friends are into it then it's the word of mouth right like yeah. it's all of that so like these the generation has just changed and it's the same thing with music right it's like people like you know from my generation can talk all day about how like you know some of the rap that comes out right now is just like i don't get it you know but like you got to think about it like as a genre like rap is the most it's 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 not going anywhere like it is actually it is stronger than ever yeah you know and that has to, and, and and it's stronger than ever because of artists that we're talking about right now that are keeping the culture moving. So, you know, I, I know some guys my age that will just complain about the, the way the music is now. It's just like when I when I first started coming, you know, being into, uh, you know, it's like we would talk about like the early uh, Run DMC days or like you know, uh, fucking. LL Cool J when he first came out and, and those those gen- and then even some of the older guys would be like nah man it's all about fucking uh, UTFO it's all yeah. about fucking uh, Africa Bombada it's all about Who like heard? you know like what the fuck are you talking about yeah. you know so these generations yeah. keep changing and right? the thing is with the time going quicker and quicker generation gaps are going to start getting bigger and bigger right you know, you know what I mean so that's why yeah, it's like sure, sure. it's like you can't 
I like me personally, especially me who's working at a label for as long as I've been working there. It's like obviously the music's gonna evolve, right? And it's got it's actually like I said, it's the only and, and and you know it's a fact that and we talked about sort of the way people take music right now. Streaming, the most streamed music is hip hop music. Hip-hop. Like that's a that that's a that's an actual fact. That is not and 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 if you read no, any kind of publication or anything, they'll tell you right now that yeah, streaming is the future right now. Like that's just what it is, right? Like Spotify playlist. Hell yeah. Hip hop songs, you know what I mean? And now, now they're looked upon as pop music, you know what I mean? Hip-hop. Because you can't even tell me that hip hop is not popular. It's popular. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's pop music for sure. You know what I mean? So like, and pop music is always has always been in the in the eyes of of uh, a record executive the most lucrative genre of music. Yeah. So now hip hop is the pop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And this is this is why we do this here. You know what I'm saying? Like. Mm-hmm. We we can come in from all different angles now. Yeah. We can come in from the podcast angle and all those different things. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And you know, at the end of the day, it's like every different part of this puzzle is necessary. Absolutely. To make sure that we all can get to that goal. Like an artist wants to blow up, they need the label, they need support from the label, whether it's just a distribution or something. Mm-hmm. They need the managers. Yeah. They need the DJs. Everybody need this. Somebody needs someone. There's sense. a team Absolutely. that has to be involved. Yes. You know 1,000%. So, to wrap it all up here now. Yeah. Um, you got jazz coming up. I want to know what you guys have coming up next. So, let's start it with you, Bonitel. What do you got coming up next? Yo, uh, I put myself in a situation where ain't nothing coming up right now other than what I got to deal with. You know what I mean? I got a family that's going on. I'm dealing with that. I'm still DJing. I'm DJing on a um, on a regular basis at um, certain places and stuff like that. But really and truly, I was working on helping other artists. You know, I got Jazzy J, a Filipino guy who sings R&B out of uh, West End. He's sick with it. Okay. You know, um, you know, there's Frank. You know what I mean? He does. Um, Frank is he was a uh, part of the Hami Guards. You know what I mean? Shout out to Sanat and um, those guys. And, you know, I'm still working with Frank. Um, also, uh, my guy that I've been working with for years, I haven't been working with him lately, but I still got to shout him out, Thoroughbred. You know Thoroughbred. what I mean? He's yeah, coming Thoroughbred. up with some shit too. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, look out for the R&B guy, Jazzy J. You know, there's Frank who does Pillsbury Beats, and he's coming out with his own stuff too, his EP. And that's coming out. But right now, I'm just in the lab and... I'm just cultivating, you know, my own life and figuring that shit out right now to tell you the truth. You know what I'm saying? For sure, for sure. All right. So, like, for all the people here, on, you know, on uh, on the YouTube and the people who are going to be listening tomorrow on, on uh, SoundCloud and everything, tell the people where to find you and stuff, uh, social media-wise and whatnot. Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm not the biggest social media guy, but I'm on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram. Some people say my Facebook's still up, but I don't deal with Facebook. My Instagram is, my Instagram is, my Instagram is at regime, R-E-G-I-M-E underscore Wiz. You know what I mean? Because it's always the regime for me. You know what I mean? It's always, I always like got to pick up like the people that has helped me over the years and put me in position that I can actually be on this podcast and talk about history and 
and you know what I mean, and, and have all facts with this shit. You know what I'm sure, saying? Like check the validity, yeah. check, 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 check your history. Do your history on me. You know what I mean? Like I've been around. You know what I'm saying? So, and I always will be around too. You know what I mean? Because I have the mentality of a person like I who can shape shift and still reinvent yourself mm. and still be relevant in these days and times. You know what I mean? Because you know that's what you really got to do if you've been in this industry for that long. You know what I mean? Like. You can't come out with like the same Nobody listens to that shit. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. you gotta reinvent you gotta reinvent yourself. You know what I mean? You gotta stay relevant and um, and stay young, you know what I mean? Keep with this young generation and you know, shout out to um, Jazzy J, the R and B artist that I'm dealing with. Big shout out to Thoroughbred, big shout out to Frank, you know, and then and sending love to all of the the, the 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 heads that put me on, you know what I'm saying? Such as Big Eyes, such as Cardi, such as IRS, you know what I'm saying? And you can find me on Instagram at regime underscore dot com. It's always about the regime. Same, same, same. Uh-huh. And Big Eyes, what you got coming up, man? Uh, well, I mean, I got a uh, obviously right now. You know, we're we've been uh, with jazz as far as the jazz front thing. Um, jazz. We've been super blessed to have been pretty uh, uh, busy with the tours in the last, literally, I feel it's been the last year and eight Just months. A little bit busy. Yeah, 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 yeah. For the last almost two years, we've been pretty consistently on tour. Um, but what bad. we've done is we're actually taking a little bit of break from that mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. to actually. Uh, Record new music right now, so we're actually busy in the like, new Jazz Cartier album coming just now. Uh, you know, there's definitely a lot of new music that's coming in, ah. the, in, 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 in very shortly, and we're, we're we've been building to, towards that. And you know, again, it's just been it's been a blessing for me. I've been super fortunate enough to you know. I always tell a lot of people who come in to see me. It's funny enough you mentioned Thoroughbred Wiz. He actually came to see me. I actually first met Thoroughbred through Wiz, and he actually came to see me recently. Mm. Um, but. You know, I, I tell this to a lot of people who come and see me is, is that like for me, you know, as a kid who started out as a DJ and kind of worked as, as a street team and just, you know, I, you got to do it because you love it ultimately, yeah, you get it, right? And if you're passionate about it and you stick to it, you do it because you love it first yeah. and foremost. And for me, I always tell people, it's like, not only do you have to do it because you love it, right? But you, it's like by any means necessary, you just like, if that means you got to take on two, three other part-time jobs just to try to like make this happen like do it you know yeah. and i've been super super fortunate enough that i've been able to to still as i call it and again i say this all the time it's like stay in the fucking game you know what i mean and yeah. and to what wiz was saying is it's just like i have constantly tried to just reinvent myself you know there was a time that i was at the label and i was ultimately fucking bored like and and that's not that's a fact and you have people at the label yeah. will tell you they knew they know that they yeah. know that about me that it's like eyes what do you mean you have you're the king of the castle and how the fuck are you talking about you bored you know what i mean but yeah. it it's like it's 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 until like because again am i blessed to have a a, a a job that i don't consider work you know and i've had it for the last 18 19 years yet but you know there's times where like like i was saying where it was a time where i got bored and and that was really the the jazz thing for me was was that sort of let me just try something different. Yeah. And it, it, it wasn't until my 15th year at the label 
that I was like, okay, you know what? I really want to try something different because I wanted to empower myself. I wanted to empower other people that kind of, you know, and, and it literally was taking a page out of what like these younger kids were doing. Yeah, like yeah, I yeah. said, Jazz is way younger than me. And it's like, I'm watching just like, you know, his generation of stuff. And, and to me, that's what kind of kept me kind of sort of like in the game is just to, to, to sort of be able to reinvent myself and, and just try to be, adapt. And that's why when I hear about all this new music that comes out, and I, you know, I'm a product of that ha days yeah. of like that Wiz is talking about, you know what I mean? But when I, and, and to like be able to still be around, you know, an industry or at least in the game, so to say, yeah. with all this new artists, like I welcome that shit in like all fucking day. Yeah. And I tell every single artist out there, like, you know, it, it, it's real simple. Like you just got to put in the fucking work. You know what I mean, and do it for the right reasons. You know what I mean, and and if you and if you work hard at it, and you and you're really focused, like it, it, shit could happen. I literally have fucking seen like, or at least it, it, if I can speak about jazz, like this is a kid who like literally like in the last two years was went from almost being like you know homeless to the last two and a half years to like fuck that like he's doing shows all over the world right now like I w I've been there with him like we're there and it's just like it's amazing yeah and, and, and the reality is there's still so much more work to do like yeah. we're not like Jazz himself will tell you that like you know thank you these are great sort of accolades he's gotten but he's nowhere fucking close to where the fuck he he, he wants, he wants to, be. to be or where yeah. I feel he deserves to be and you know I feel if you if you have that type of mentality and you're hungry and, you do, and you're willing to put in the work and you know and 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 you're you're and i'll be honest and this may sound really fucking weird or really corny but like do you know how fucking far or how long of a way just to say thank you and please and like goes like just to say like please and thank you goes a fucking far away people like oh, for sure like you have no fucking clue yeah, 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 yeah. you know and you know Wiz, you know this. I always say, you know, it's not about who you know. You know, it's like you build relationships, but it's not about just who you know. It's about who knows you. You know what I mean? Mm. And, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. You know. So, where, tell the people where to find you on social media. Oh, on, oh so on Twitter, um, I'm at Big Ives, B I G I V E S twenty one, mm -hmm. and on Instagram, I'm at Big uh, B I G underscore Ives I V E S. That's where okay, that's okay. you usually catch me. Yeah, mad respect for y'all coming through and you know Thank making you. sure that the artists can get to know what the fuck they need to do to get in the game and stay in the game. Um, Mr. Smokey the Bear. Aha, yes, it's me, Smokey the Bear, aka Paul Bunyan, because no one chops more trees than me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so, bum, yeah, yeah, you know, shout out to the smokers, but you can find me on Instagram. SSC underscore Hayherx underscore PK. You know, if I'm not on Instagram, you can find me in the gym doing my thing. You know what I mean? And then Lipsy other than muscle. that, yeah, Lipsy Muscle, that's another AK, you know what I'm saying? Lipsy Muscle. That's for my gym workouts. You know what I mean? And then, uh, yeah, shout out everybody that's watching on the show. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget episode 1,000 followers. We're giving away at Canagar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you and for having us, man. Yes, thank yeah, you for coming yeah, through. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, thank you, Bundedoff, for coming through also during the first Skype interview on our show. You know what I mean? And um, y'all know where to find me. Hit up my website. That's Friday, aka Ricky Dread. That's D R E D. 
Get at all my social medias. That's Friday Ricky Dread, D-R-E-D. Get at our YouTube channel. First of all, youtube.com slash we love hip hop. That's where it's at. Follow, subscribe, yeah. rate, all that good shit. Yeah, Shout yeah, out yeah. to these smoke. And we're, um, one last one last thing though. Yeah. Just, just to like throw it out there. Like, you can you can you can hear me. I'll be on um Che Uno's solo project. So you can hear Bun It All rapping again. Yeah. Ah, Alright. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bun on the mic. Make sure yeah, to get at us I'm on still, Twitter. I'm still trying to reinvent myself and stay relevant. That's what I'm going to call the episode, Reinvent Myself. Stay yeah. relevant. Stay, stay in the those, game. Stay in the game. One of those different things along that Probably line. Probably come up with something clever. But get at us on Twitter and at on Instagram at We Love Hip Hop Toronto. When we get to 1,000 followers, we're going to be giving away that can of guard. That's a whole bunch of fucking chronic, a whole bunch of shatter, and a whole bunch of whatnot. All the good stuff. All wrapped in one. Bang. So, yeah. World's Most Smoked Out Podcast. We Shout love hip-hop. Episode 32. 30 motherfucking two. People don't even know you guys are fucking uh, legends yourselves in this city, man. Uh, we want to talk yeah, about yeah, us. So, just uh, shout out uh, these two hosts, <laughs> man. Shit. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And, uh... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, okay. Do what you gotta do. So, yeah. So, so the tables. That, just because I wasn't in the actual presence of, of everybody, you know what I mean? Because I, you know, I got a couple questions for, for for Friday. You know what I'm saying? I got a couple questions for her. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah, for sure. For you guys, to even just pick your guys' brains and figure out how you guys feel about certain shit too. You know what I mean? Oh, most definitely. We're starting the podcast network, so we'll get you a podcast going on, and then you can get us on the show. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Friday <laughs> we're, <almost> working. <laughs> we're the world's most smoked out podcast. We love hip hop and we out. Yeah. Chill.